And now, introducing the man who friends have described as a strange fungal growth, saying, quote, you don't know who he is. You don't know how he got there, but without proper treatment, he becomes a part of you. He's as dense as the trees on Vostok Island. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio after a Ravens victory. Thank you to all of you who joined us for Project Game Day after yesterday's game. We do it every game day this season. Project Game Day brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, and Underdog Fantasy Football. If you missed it yesterday, I encourage you, not right now because you're listening to this show, but when this show is over, get more show by going back and listening to uh, Project Game Day. It's in the videos tab at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash video. You can listen to it in the uh, the archives or, or you know, make sure you're just tuned in for the next one, which is this Thursday night, Baltimore and Miami, short week, and it'll be a late night for myself and the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. I'll be with you at halftime, and then she joins me postgame. Facebook.com slash pressboxsports for both shows, pressboxonline.com slash radio for the postgame show. Much to do. After um, what was a wild day, obviously, in the Ravens' win over the Vikings, 34-31 in overtime, not the way that maybe we all saw it playing out, but a win. It's not just that a win's a win. I'm going to talk more about that in a second. I think a lot of people are falling to that, well, a win's a win sort of response. And I think there's more to be said about what happened yesterday than just saying a win's a win. Um, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. What's coming up on the program today, uh, the great Sean Merriman, Mr. Lights Out himself, one of the great players in Maryland football history and kind of a media mogul, if you will. Sean Merriman's going to check in with us. He's back in town this week for his annual coat drive in College Park. He's going to tell us a little bit more about that, and we'll just also talk some football with him, get his thoughts on you know who's actually good in the NFL because it's a really fair question. I have no idea. I thought the Rams were like the one team, and then... Saw what happened with all that. Uh, so we'll talk to Sean Merriman about that a little bit later on. Ted Nguyen is the film analyst for The Athletic. Uh, he'll join us a little bit later on in the program as well. We'll find out where he thinks the Ravens are among the best teams in the AFC, the best teams in the NFL, frankly, after what he's seen. Of course, it's Monday, so our weekly chat with Jeremy Kahn as well. That's all on tap on the program today. Um, my favorite thing to do, of course, on a Monday show is give away my Monday column uh, so that you don't have to read it, but I ask that you click on it anyway. It's like a gentleman's agreement that we have. You you get it for free from me right here, but then you go click on it anyway so that I get those luscious uh, clicks that are uh, so meaningful in the world. It'll be up at PressBoxOnline.com here, I don't know, momentarily. I don't know exactly when they're going to post it at PressBoxOnline.com. They never, mom, she never tells me anything. The meatloaf! The mom! I just don't know. I don't know when we might see it. Um, I uh, I got the sense there was a lot of, uh, hey, a win's a win, and this is the NFL. There's no such thing as a bad win. I saw a lot of those sentiments um, in the postgame and on social media after the Ravens' dramatic victory over the Vikings yesterday. And I want to start with that because you're not wrong, right? There's this There's this comparison that you might make to college football where in college football there can be damaging wins right like um the university of cincinnati needed near miracles to beat tulsa on saturday and will almost certainly be penalized for that they will almost when they're left out of the top four in the college football playoff rankings tomorrow night the whoever it is that comes out and and says here's the reason why will almost cert 
certainly say it's because they almost lost to a three-win Tulsa team on Saturday that they had no business losing to. In college football, wins can damage you. In another circumstance, it might be damaging to Ohio State to have barely beat Nebraska and look unimpressive against Nebraska. It might be damaging to Alabama to have needed to just hang on to beat LSU. In college football, you can be damaged by a win. In the NFL, you can't because the NFL doesn't have a computer system or a group of individuals who go into a room and pick out who they think the best teams are. We do that with power rankings. By the way, imagine trying to power rank the NFL this week. But that's not the way that they determine who the best teams are. They determine it by record. You make the playoffs or miss the playoffs by your record, not by your strength of schedule, not by the amount of points that you beat a certain team by when another team only beat them by this. They determine it by record. Now, there are unique circumstances where perhaps tie-break procedures might be put into place and something along those lines might get you into the playoffs or not, but it's very rare. They determine it by record. So there's no such thing as a bad win in the NFL because every win gets you a step closer to making the playoffs or winning your division or winning the conference and being the number one seed, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. I am stunned when I sat down to start my column last night. I was certainly working under the assumption that the Ravens were going to be the number one seed in the AFC by the time we all woke up today. Obviously, that's not the case because the Tennessee Titans, as we all know, were going to be fine without Derrick Henry because of that suffocating defense that they've just chosen not to, to play with up until this point of the season. Really weird bit. I, if they could have done that defensively, I probably would have done it before at some point. But, you know, who am I? I'm not a coach. I'm just a guy that uh, yaks on the Internet. Um, so. There is no such thing as a bad win. That's correct. There's no such thing as a bad win in the NFL. So even if you're coming off a bye and you're sluggish and your defense plays poorly and you just largely don't look good uh, against a Vikings team that's not overly impressive, that has weapons, but we know there's limitations there, even if that occurs, it's not a bad win because it's a win in the NFL. And because while you watch the Buffalo Bills lose the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're reminded that this is the NFL that we're talking about. And that as much as we like to pretend like there's significant disparity between the top teams and the bottom teams, they're all still loaded with high-level players. There is not a significant disparity between the best and the worst teams in the NFL. And things like this occur. The Jets beat the Bengals sometimes. The Jaguars beat the Bills sometimes. These things happen in the NFL. The Ravens, you would argue, have don't have a single bad loss. They don't have a loss. The, the two teams they've lost to, I guess maybe the Bengals, you're starting to wonder a little bit after their last two, their last two games, but they're still very much in the mix, and the Raiders are a playoff team at the moment. Those are their two losses. They didn't lose in a situation where they could have. They took another step forward to making the postseason. It's not a bad win. It's a good, helpful win. But I go a step beyond that because to me it's easy to say, well, you survive, that's all it is. A win is a win is a win, that's it. It's easy for that to be the biggest takeaway from a day like yesterday. And frankly, it's understandable for that to be the biggest takeaway from a day like yesterday. It's truly understandable that that would be the way that you feel. Eh, this wasn't perfect, but ultimately they won. You know, hopefully they'll fix things moving forward. And kind of be dismissive of it past that. And I actually think that's kind of missing the boat too. Maybe. I can't guarantee it, but I think it might be missing the boat. Because I not only think that this was a win is a win is a win 
or it's not a bad win, I think it goes a step beyond that. I was truly encouraged by what I saw from the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. I was truly encouraged by a few things. Clearly not on the defensive side of the ball. I'll make that abundantly clear. I get it. We still got a lot of issues on the defensive side of the ball that I, I can't, we can't solve all of them here. It's made a little bit worse by the fact that obviously, like, you know, you had a, a, a kickoff return for a touchdown, so it's, it, it looks like a massive number in 31. That's maybe a little bit unfair for the actual performance, but look, the defense wasn't particularly good yesterday. I'm encouraged by what I saw for a few reasons. One, because we actually saw them run the ball with their running backs. And I can't state how significant that could prove to be. Now, we still have to see that continue. There's got to be consistency to that. And I'm not ready to just say, hey, because they ran the ball against a Vikings defense that was clearly depleted, no Michael Pierce, no Harrison Smith, some other pieces that were missing, and the game wore on. They, they didn't do it at all in the first half. We all saw the same thing. They had five carries for their running backs in the first half. Five. They weren't even attempting to run the football with their running backs in the first half. But after that point, in part maybe because the Vikings defense was tiring out, or in part because they were finding success, they committed to running the ball with their running backs. Lamar Jackson still ran the ball the most, obviously. But I'm okay with that. This thing that it's not like I think Lamar Jackson shouldn't run. The Ravens are a better team when Lamar Jackson runs. But Lamar Jackson's a better runner when the running backs are a threat to run too. Because that's what makes it so difficult for defenses to know what's coming. If they don't respect the running backs, if they say we want you to give the ball to the running backs, that's a problem. The running backs did their job yesterday. This game went on. They helped. They took away some of the workload from Lamar. They asked him to be less of a Superman, still plenty of a Superman. I make that abundantly clear. It was still much on him. But just enough that if that's what the Ravens can get from their running backs and their run game moving forward, that's massive. That's encouraging. That's not a win is a win. That's not not a bad win. That's encouraging what you saw from the Ravens running backs yesterday. Again, has to be something they back up. They go do again against Miami this week. They go do against Chicago. They get do it against division opponents later on in the season. And I can't promise that's the case. But Devontae Freeman, who we talked about last week, had led the team in rush yards over expected, was getting the most of anyone, and his limited opportunities looked really good. Devontae Freeman ended up finishing the day averaging – 6.1 yards per carry. He came in today with 20 carries on the season. He had 13 yesterday. It wasn't a small sample size. It was a reasonable sample size. And Le'Veon Bell looked pretty good, too. And used him in situations where he extended drives. I mean, Le'Veon Bell had a decent day as well. Again, decent. Based on, we're lowering the bar, and that's okay. We need to lower the bar. It was basically non-existent going into yesterday. That's encouraging. That's promising. And what happens when the Ravens were extending drives in the second half? They were able to combine it with their defense playing better. 
It didn't save them at the end of the game. They needed to come up with a stop late in the fourth quarter, and they didn't get it. And so I'm not ready to proclaim that this solves everything or that the Ravens' defense is going to be just fine. But it was certainly better when the Ravens were extending drives and keeping the defense off the field a little bit more in the second half. It provided a better group. All of that is encouraging. Again, masked by a close game, masked by feelings of nervousness and apprehension, but those are encouraging things that the Ravens weren't doing this season and did yesterday. And if that can continue for four quarters instead of just for two, it goes a long way into thinking the Ravens might be able to sustain this. I'll throw out two other things. If you look at Lamar Jackson's um, pass chart from yesterday, you'll see that two-thirds of his passes were underneath. Two-thirds of his completions were inside of 10 yards. It was abundantly clear, no more so than on the drive where he went to Patrick Ricard three times early in the second half. It was abundantly clear that there was a strategy change, whether that was from Greg Roman or Lamar himself, who oftentimes likes to hit the home runs and make the big plays. There was a strategy change in which the Ravens were willing, more willing to take what was there, to take what the defense was willing to give them. That was abundantly clear during the course of yesterday's game. And that, in a way, works similar to a rushing offense. The idea is you're keeping your offense on the field. You're keeping your defense on the sideline. You're extending drives. You're it, look, a, a home run touchdown is great. No one's ever saying it's a bad idea. If you can hit 10 home runs in a game, by all means, throw 70 bombs. But in trying to wear down a defense frustrate them and keep your defense rested throwing underneath helps in a very similar way to establishing the run it was quite the positive sign that the Ravens were willing to take what the Vikings defense was giving them because in doing so they put something on tape for the next team and the ones after that that hopefully keeps the defense a bit more honest. And if that's the case, it should open up wider lanes in the middle of the field. That's good. That's a really encouraging thing. And then the third, of course, is the play of the wide receivers. We'll get the pats on the ass a little bit later on. The play of the wide receivers is as exciting as it's ever been in Baltimore. Torrey Smith and Anquan Bolden were the – Derek Alexander and Michael Jackson. So one of those two combos is the best wide receiver combo the Ravens have ever had. You pick your poison, whichever one you want it to be. This is the most exciting duo of wide receivers the Ravens have ever had because you're only scratching the surface. And Marquise Brown is playing out of his effing mind. He looked like Derek Mason yesterday. 
which isn't exactly what we thought Marquise Brown was supposed to be, right? We thought Marquise Brown was a home run hitter, guy to take the top off of defense. Being the guy that was coming back and finding the soft spots in the zone, settling, getting the yards necessary, extending drives, I don't know that that's what we thought Marquise Brown was going to be as he got better. Certainly not as we saw him have some issues with his hands early on in his career. He took the game over yesterday. And then add in Rashad Bateman. I I don't have the words to describe what you're seeing from Rashad Bateman right now. This cat's unbelievable. All he does is catch the football. Not only is it all that he does is catch the football, all he does is catch the football to extend drives. He finally had a catch. By the way, his most remarkable catch of the day yesterday was finally the one where the, the streak ended. Whereas 11, like his first 11 catches were all good for first downs and the, the 12th one, the one where he, he contorted his body in a way, we were laughing as we were watching it in overtime yesterday, we are like, did he just drop that ball? Like, no, he contorted his body in such an insane way to be able to go get a poorly thrown ball that we couldn't figure out what the motion was that his body was making because we didn't know that a human body could do that. Rashad Bateman's nuts. And we're three games in. He's barely had any time to work with Lamar Jackson. Right now, this group still isn't necessarily the group where you say, but this guy's the human matchup problem. And maybe that comes. Maybe there is more of a world in which Lamar Jackson, the more time he spends with Rashad Bateman, the more likely he would be to throw him balls even when he's covered. That's the one thing that's kind of missing here is you don't see the guy that hey, it doesn't matter if someone's draped all over him, go throw him the ball, they're going to catch it. But the way that they've played, there's no reason for me to think that level might not come. Again, the body type, you know, they're not going to be Debo Samuel. They're not going to be Julio Jones, you know what I mean? But I've never been more excited about a duo of wide receivers. And by the way, they didn't even make the best catch of the day. That belonged to Devin Duvernay in the back of the end zone. Made a ridiculous catch for a touchdown. This is the most excited that any Ravens fan could ever have been about this group of wide receivers. Now, none of that guarantees anything. None of that guarantees you win the division. None of that guarantees that you're going to be the number one seed. None of that guarantees that you're winning the Super Bowl. And the defense is still a problem. It's very much still a problem. The offensive line is definitely still a problem. But it wasn't just that a win was a win yesterday. Or it wasn't just that it, you know, there's no such thing as a bad win. Despite the fact that the game was close, despite the fact that you struggled against a team that you shouldn't maybe have struggled with at home coming out of a bye. There were so many encouraging things that happened in that football game yesterday that I think it was an exciting win. I think it's the type of win that has value. What that ends up being, how much it means long-term, to be determined. I can't guarantee those things. But it was an exciting valuable win for the Baltimore Ravens yesterday over the Minnesota Vikings for those reasons. Again, you're welcome. I'm giving away the entirety of my column, but go click on it anyway. Pressboxonline.com a little bit later on today. I encourage you to do that. I I, I don't, I'm not, I, I think a lot of people believe that you should apologize when you play a close game. And I, I'm so far from that. I think that was an emphatic, emphatic victory. The way that you felt uh, early in the year when the Ravens beat the Chiefs and that was a close game, 
You know, and I'm not sure that the Chiefs are all that much better than the Vikings are. Appreciate them not covering again yesterday. Thanks, guys. Thank you. A tough day. Tough day in betting all around. Tough day. But the Rams are a pretty safe bet. That proved not to be the case. Um, but, yeah, we'll get the column up a little bit later on. Uh, today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. Love Window Nation. This is the final month for you to take advantage of their best offer ever. Two free windows for every two you purchase. No money down. No interest payments. Nothing for two full years. But that offer ends at the end of this month. 866-90NATION or windownation.com to find out more. Window Nation, the final month of their best offer ever. Always appreciate an opportunity to catch up with our next guest. He's back in town this week uh, for his annual coat drive. It's always meant a lot. I mean, I, I have brought coats out uh, for this event over the years, and um, I, I'm, I, it means a lot that he continues to do it for a, a place that means so much to him. He is, of course, the former All-Pro. Mr. Lights Out himself, former Terp Sean Merriman, joins us once again here on GCR. Sean, it's Glenn and Paul back in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Absolutely. Always good to talk to you guys. Man, it's great to chat with you. Thursday night, uh, you're doing it again, the Lights Out Code Drive. Tell me about, for people that don't know how this all started, because it's it's been a while, right, at this point. Um, for people that don't know how this all started and why it's been so important for you to continue doing this, even as you've moved out of this area, what is the background? What is the genesis? Well, you know, it's been uh, this is my 19th year. Um, I started this my sophomore year at the University of Maryland, uh, growing up there in Prince George's County, uh, Maryland, where we were left homeless um, more than a few occasions. Our home, um, one time our home had burned down, and we were forced to uh, live in the car and, and also live in uh, the shelters right there in the Washington, D.C. area. So um, this cold drive has always been very important to me, and, and every year, uh, that it keeps going. I'm seeing the same faces and, and some new faces as well. I remember the first time we started out, uh, you know, I was expecting to get a few hundred coats. We got a few thousand uh, the first time out. And since I started it 19 years ago, um, you know, I, I've seen, you know, kids come to, you know, with nine and 10 years old now, you know, coming out and they're 30 plus years old, you know, kids who I've seen as, as babies and now they have, uh, you know, four beards and kids of their own, and, and it's been going on that long. So uh, if you have any gently uh, used and warm coats in your closet or anywhere, uh, please bring them this Thursday uh, at the Maryland basketball game that starts at 5 p.m. Uh, please check with me at, uh, at Sean Merriman on uh, social media. I'll be posting all this week about how you can drop off and how you can be a part of uh, this this great call has been going on for 19 years. That's remarkable what you've done, man. It's it's really important. And, uh, again, as Sean mentioned, it's an early start to the game on Thursday. So if you're like, I don't know if I'm going to go to the game, I want to watch the Ravens game. No problem. They're starting the game early on Thursday. You can come down, get to the game early, drop off your coats, watch some Maryland basketball, and then watch the Ravens as well. Um, it's an incredible thing for you to do, again, Thursday night as Maryland takes on George Washington to donate coats. Um, and 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 remind everybody where, where are they going when, when you collect the coats? They go where, Sean? Yeah, we we've uh, this year we're taking care of the vet shelters there in College Park, Maryland, and also the Washington D.C. area. Um, you know, we Veterans Day is is Thursday too, I believe. Yep. And um, you know, our military has done so much for us in this country. I, I truly believe that we don't do enough of them. Um, and so this uh, uh, these coats will be going to the uh, the vet um, shelter there in. College Park, Maryland, and in Washington, D.C. area. 
That's incredible. That's incredible stuff that you're doing, man. It always has been. It means a lot. Again, Thursday night is the night for uh, the coat drive at the Maryland basketball game as they take on George Washington. Sean Merriman is with us here on GCR. Um, Sean, let me let me ask you, you know, I know how much Mike Loxley means to you. Um, I know that this is a difficult job that he's up against, right? And, boy, did they have a chance against Penn State on Saturday, and it's a bitter pill to swallow. They weren't able to finish that job. Can you try to explain to everybody who maybe wants, like, this to have been fixed immediately in Maryland to, like, immediately have been a contender in the Big Ten, like, just how difficult this is, what they're trying to do, going up against this division and the programs they're in, and where you are with the faith that you have in Mike Loxley to continue on this trajectory moving forward? You know, my belief is still high. Um, you know, Mike Loxley, if you look at just the recruiting class that's been coming in, uh, look at the class that's coming in for 2022. I mean, it's still top in the country. Um, obviously, he's going to do well in that area, but people need to understand that this this isn't a one-and-done job. This isn't a one-year turn-it-around-and-fix-it situation. You know, you have to bring as many top recruits as you can. And not just your starters. Um, you know, one thing you can say this year, there's been a ton of injuries. And injuries not only to, you know, key injuries, right? Some of the, the best players in the country, the wide receiver yep. goes down with a with a horrific injury. You start losing guys. And then the second string guys, and this is what people need to understand, you know, the second string guys need to be also a top recruit in this country in order to compete against Ohio State and Iowa's and Penn State's. You need the, 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 you know, the second string guys to come in and be able to perform at a high level. That's what's going to take a couple years to get in, but they're on track. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not discouraged. I don't think anyone in the, who's been around a program is discouraged at all. It's going to take a couple years, and they're turning the corner as we speak. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that at all, you know, and I, I get it. I, I, I'd like to win every game too, right? <laughs> like it'd be really nice if that were the case, but boy, is that tough to do. Um, and you're 100% right. Like players are clearly the, the folks in the area are still still clearly committed to the vision of Mike Loxley and their believer in what he's doing. And so you, you you keep forward, you press ahead, and you hope that in the next year or two, some of these close ones like this one on Saturday, that ends up changing. Um, Sean, I know how much media you do. You're basically a media mogul at this point in your life. Um, can you answer this question for me? Who in the NFL is actually any good? Who's the actual good teams in the NFL at this point? Well, uh, you know, you got to put Arizona up there right now, right? Because for them not to have as many starters as they had and still blowing teams out, doing what they're doing, um, you know, Kingsbury, what they're doing over there on the offense side of the ball and being able to put up those points. Also, their defense is just not being talked about enough. I mean, I, I know that, you know, they got K1 and DeAndre Hopkins and, and some stars on the offense side of the ball, but with Chandler Jones and, and um, you know, Tyron and all those guys, they're having big turnovers, getting the ball back in the offense hands. They're just not being taught. And they're special teams. I mean, all three phases of the game right now, they're playing top football. Um, and, you know, we, we got a couple on the uh, on the rise. I just I, I was disappointed in the Rams, the way they played um, last night. But uh, I would put Arizona probably at the top of the, at the, top of the chart. Where, what do you – when you look at the AFC, because, like, it is it is remarkable what the Baltimore Ravens have done to be 6-2, and two, given – and now they lose to Sean Elliott. So we're talking about, like, 8-19 significant injuries that they've been through this season. I think it's incredible what they've done. Is there a chance? I know the Titans look very impressive, but we're still worried about them with Derrick Henry. Is there a chance that the Ravens, despite everything they've been through, really are the best team in the AFC? Yep, I, I do. Um, and you know what? If uh, they keep winning football games, you gotta you'll give Harbaugh the uh, coach of the year. 
Um, I, I believe that he is uh, is worthy of that. The, the injuries that they had, uh, many players went down and, and still finding ways to win. I mean, you lose Marcus Peters early on during the season. Uh, some of your key guys, uh, you know, you lose your, your running back who you was heavily relying on to come in and provide, you know, some big yep. plays for you. He goes down. You look all, all across that field. They're some of their top guys, not just, you know, guys that's coming and rotating in. We're talking about their – their starters and and and, and uh, big play guys. Like half of, half of their offensive line, Sean. Like it's legit. Yeah, half yeah, their offensive right? line. They're still finding ways to go out and, and, and win football games. Um, and so with that being said, you know they keep winning football games um, and, and winning the way they're winning. You got to put Harbaugh up there as as the coach of the year. I mean, I, it's hard to argue with that, man. Like it's it's really remarkable what they're doing. Of course, the biggest part of what they're doing, obviously, is is the guy under center. Um, can you put into words like everything that all of the detractors that, that Lamar Jackson has faced, all of the people that have constantly attempted to doubt him, um, how impressed you are by how he's handled himself, how he's grown as a quarterback and to be, you know, maybe, I, you know, I, I, I don't know at this point who the best quarterback is in the NFL because we all thought it was Patrick Mahomes, but it's been a, it's been a rough month. Um, one of the top two or three maybe quarterbacks in the entire league. Well, I said this a few weeks ago, and I really meant it. Um, I always said that if, if Lamar Jackson got better and more accurate as a quarterback, he'll go down as probably one of the best ever. Uh, individual talents. And I'm not talking about you know Peyton Manning or Tom Brady and we started counting up rings and things like that. I'm right. talking about individual talent uh, because what do you do, right? We know what he can do when he runs and take, takes off and runs the ball. But when he's starting to throw accurate and he's, you know, he can average you know, two, 250 to 300 yards a game throwing the rock and also using his legs, what do you do? How do you game plan that? You can't. You know, is there really no game plan for that? Um, so, you know, what he's doing, uh, not just physically, but also uh, the, the trust that the coach has gotten into him when, they, when they're going on in a fourth and short and going on a big yard down, they just have trust in him, right? They just believe in when he believes in what he can do. Uh, if, like I said, they keep winning football games, man. He'll that those two uh, between that with the head coach Harbaugh and, and Lamar Jackson are going to be around. And, and messing some defenses up here for a very long time, and that's a scary sight. Yeah, it, it makes us very excited here in Baltimore that that's going to be something we're going to have going for us for a long time. Sean Merriman, again, the coat drive is this Thursday night at the Maryland basketball game. Please bring out your coats, your warm gear to help folks out and, and, and vets, and that's an incredible part of this too. Uh, this Thursday night as Maryland takes on George Washington, uh, Sean is collecting them to uh, help out folks in the area who need it. Um, Sean, if I could, you know, we're going to find out today what's going to happen, or at least the well, it'll be official that the Browns will release Odell Beckham and he'll be out there available for waiver claims and whether or not somebody puts in a claim for him or, or simply hopes that he falls through and then they sign him at that point. We'll see how it goes. Um, there are a lot of, you know, you know how this goes whenever somebody, you, you've been through this process in your life, right. right? Like, you know what this is all about. Whenever somebody whose name we've heard of is out there, Every fan of every team is like, go get that guy. I, I don't know how to feel about Odell Beckham, right? The Ravens have something good going with young wide receivers and Lamar Jackson. And I, I don't – I get it. Everybody says, you know, always adding a good player when you get the chance to. But I, I don't know how good Odell Beckham is at this point because he didn't look all that great uh, the last thing we saw from him in Cleveland. W would you be inclined – and I know it's different team to team, but if you had a young quarterback and a good nucleus of young wide receivers – would you want to throw Odell Beckham into that mix at this point? Yes and no. And the reason why I would say yes is Odell can go. He can still play. He's the most 
arguably the most talented wide receiver in the National Football League, even though he hasn't been healthy enough uh, or, or you know making enough big plays. He's still, when it comes to talent, he's still up there. Uh, the only place I can see Odell going is a veteran locker room, right? Someone who's there who can who can deal with it. He's a big personality. He's a big name. He's going to uh, you know require a lot of attention when he comes there. Uh, and then also the second part is he has to go to a contender. Right, because if he's going to a team that's losing, the same thing is going to happen all over again. He needs to be in a locker room where you have a veteran quarterback, uh, you have veteran leaders, other big personalities where he's not the guy that stands out all the time, um, and someone who can get him the ball. That's that's what it comes down to. I mean, we we all know what he what he's capable of doing. The thing is, he has to have a football in his hand in order for him to go out and do it. So there's only two or three teams who I, I think that he can go to and have success right now. One, the first choice I would say is Seattle. Yeah. I would say the Seahawks. If he went to the Seahawks with him and DK Metcalf um, and that receiver core they got out there, uh, and then you have a uh, you know, guy like Russell Wilson who can move around the pocket, give, give him the football, create plays for him, um, I think that that would be ideal situation. Uh, him going to the Ravens, I, I see the same thing happening, right? They, they have a, a system over there set up that's built around Lamar Jackson, what he's capable of doing. Uh, they don't have a system that can be built around Odell Beckham. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just don't – again, I, it's not a knock. I just don't think it's the right fit. I don't think it's the right guy. And, I, you know, I kind of like what the Ravens are doing right now. I maybe don't want to rock the boat so much when it comes to that. Maybe if it was the offseason, I'd feel differently. I just – boy, when it's working, let it work, man. Like, let it work and let it be a good thing. Um, and, and can you just give me a thought? Like, I, I think everybody – I want to get an inside-the-locker-room perspective for something like this. The, the Aaron Rodgers thing last week was so explosive, it, it shook the world. But I always wonder what these things are actually like inside the ro- locker room, right? Like, the world melted down on Friday because Aaron Rodgers did an interview. What's it actually like when he shows back up in the Packers locker room? Like, is it that big of a deal? Or is everybody just sort of like, all right, we're going to go play football now. Who the F cares about anything else? Well, it's always going to be a bigger deal to the media and people outside the locker room, right? Um, let's not make a mistake that if the rules was implemented for a lot of players to get the vaccine, they probably wouldn't have. Sure. Right? So no, the play, the guys aren't looking at him like saying, oh, my God, we can't believe you, vac- you, you didn't get vaccinated or we can't believe that you wasn't 100% up front with the, with the world and the media and so forth. We're, guys aren't like that in the locker room. Um, with that being said, you know, what happens is that, you know, the guys are uh, – the, the cameras come around, right, after, before practice, after practice. Uh, after the game, and the camera's thrown in your face to answer questions about Aaron Rodgers, and that's where it gets difficult, right? Because you may have a uh, opinion about your your personal opinion of what you feel about it, but because you're in a team atmosphere, and also he's a starting quarterback in in your locker room, he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. You all, almost, in a sense, have to tread lightly on what you say because it can be a big deal, right? So you always, you already have a big situation. Um, a big topic, and you don't want to become part of that topic by, you know, kind of stirring the pot. So are the guys, are, are the team and players making a big deal about it? No. But it will be a big deal because the, the media reaction ask, outside yeah. the locker room that's yeah. making it a bigger deal. No, it, it'll be obviously all they're asked about. No question about that. There's no no doubt. All right, uh, Sean Merriman again, Thursday night. Thursday night, Maryland basketball game. Be there and bring out your coats, bring out your sweaters, bring out all that warm gear that you can. 
to help the folks who need it. And um, it's just an incredible thing. 19th, that's an amazing thing, man, that you've been doing for so long. What else can we plug for you, sir? Um, everything. I know you're such. You got the fight company. You're you're a mogul, man. What else can we plug for you, Sean Merriman? Yeah, no, absolutely. Lights out, extreme fighting uh, on Fubo Sports. Uh, if you don't have the app on Fubo, uh, they got some excellent programs on there. We're we're actually top five watched on Fubo, top three actually uh, programs. Uh, so check us out, lights out, extreme fighting on Fubo Sports. But uh, this cold drive is uh, it's going to mean a lot. Um, you know, night been doing this 19 years to see the same faces showing up as uh, my sophomore year. Uh, you're going to help out a lot of people. A lot of people need this coming out of pandemic and struggling out here. So you guys make sure you come out, uh, even if you just swing by and just drop off some coats, some old coats you have in your closet collecting dust. You're going to help out a lot of people. That's awesome, man. We are, we're so proud that you continue to do this, man. It's always been a joy to, uh, to watch you play football and then get to know you over the years, Sean Merriman. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us, man. Let's talk again real soon, all right? You got it. Thanks for having me. Sean Merriman, Mr. Lights Out himself, obviously one of the greatest players in Maryland football history and, more importantly, someone who has been dedicated to doing important things uh, for, for folks in his community, and that means a whole heck of a lot to us. So get out there Thursday night and uh, bring your coach to uh, support what it is that he's doing as Maryland takes on George Washington. And, again, they're starting the game early so that you don't have to worry about it. It's not like, uh, oh, i got to choose between the, the Ravens and Maryland. Nope, you can, you can do both as it's an early tip on Thursday night, uh, and the coat drive will be going on there. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. When we come back in, uh, we will recap picks from the weekend. We got to dish out some pats on the ass. Uh, already see a lot of you getting yours in. If you haven't yet, remember, I know it's difficult this week. I don't know if you struggled as much with this pause as I did. I I struggled a great deal because all I wanted to do is just put a bunch of offensive players on the list. Yeah, it, it was it was hard to find defensive players. And, and well, I mean it both ways. It was a little bit hard to find defensive players. There were two that really stood out to me. So that, mm. but it was more like choosing who to leave off the list yeah. on the offensive side of the ball was the difficult part for me because there were six viable names to me that I thought were all deserving of praise, and I was like, oh man, who do I leave off? So we'll talk about that as we'll dish out our pats on the ass as well, coming up here in a minute. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com what's up everybody this is Taz bowser i can't wait to see you guys for the Taz bowser show this fall we're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area you can meet me and my very special guests if you can't make it out you can watch the show on live on pressbox facebook page 
or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Ty's Bowser Show. The next Ty's Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's brought to you by Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash Sports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR, a Monday edition of the program after a Ravens victory over the Vikings. Thanks again to Sean Merriman for joining us today. Today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football, a reminder that they are matching deposits up to $100 when you sign up for Underdog Fantasy Football and use the code PRESSBOX. So if you have still been on the fence and not certain if you want to play tonight, the Steelers are playing the Bears. And you can pick five different props. I'm sure KZ will share his out today at Fans Fantasy on Twitter. You can pick like three, four different props that you think could hit, play a $5 ticket, and maybe make up to 100 bucks. It's betting. I mean, we're not supposed to call it, though. It's what we call it underdog fantasy football. But let's be real. That's what it is. It's not just the daily and weekly fantasy games. They have those, but they also have parlays and player props and... You know, as, as Ken points out, you might do a thing tonight where, say, they just play one versus the other. Who finishes with more rushing yards, Khalil Herbert or David Montgomery? Montgomery's playing, right? That's the story. So he's going to play? That's what I'm hearing. I think, I think that's the word. That's that what he's I'm hearing. Play I wish I had heard that before. I'm a, little bit, I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, because you left Herbert in? I, or? I, well, I didn't have well, I think Herbert. Herbert might be the guy. I had Montgomery. I still oh. have him not playing because oh, I, I didn't realize until last night. You he was going to play. Yeah. I, still, I think there's a non-zero chance that they just that Herbert – like, they love what they've seen from him, and, and he kind of usurps that role a little bit. Well, or at I'll, least it becomes more 50-50. I'll tell you, though, the one team that I have David Montgomery on, it wouldn't have made a difference. I All got, right. I got blown out. Well, I'm I'm a little bit nervous because I'm up 14. I think maybe I'm up 14 and a half. And all he has left is the Pittsburgh defense. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
that's a lot of points for a defense to get, but it's the Pittsburgh defense against the Chicago Bears. Right. <clears throat> there is a non-zero chance that they end up coming away with 15 points tonight, so I'm a little bit nervous about that uh, going into this evening. Especially game. against Justin Fields, rookie quarterback with that pass rush. Yep, but the point is, Underdog Fantasy Football, underdogfantasy.com, or download the Underdog Fantasy Football app, and you can get in on the action. Use the code PRESSBOX, and we will match up to $100 when you make your first deposit with Underdog Fantasy Football. Let's recap picks because it gives us the opportunity to talk about some other things that happened in the football world this weekend. Um, picks recap brought to you today by Glory Days Grill. It's Monday, and I know that means that if you get over to Glory Days Grill this evening, again, we just mentioned there's a game tonight, good place to go and hang out and watch the game would be at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. But more so than that, while you're there, you can enjoy $6.99 burgers. And I'm a man who has consumed quite a few Glory Burgers in my life. Or if you're looking for somewhere to watch the game on Thursday night, the Baltimore-Miami matchup, you can get over to Glory Days Grill, enjoy $5.99 chili nachos every Thursday. Dine in or order your favorites online at glorydaysgrill.com. Visit us, glorydaysgrill.com, for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. So, um... It ended up being it, – it was still a good weekend for your boy. I did still, like, again, have the top weekend of everybody. But it started out like I was 3-0 and in college picks, and I was like, oh, man, I could put some real distance on the crew this weekend. And that did not end up being the case. But that being said, uh, our picks of the weekend, uh, everybody was on Penn State, and, boy, we were all pretty nervous about that as the game was playing out. The good news is because everybody picked Penn State, it made it easier to say, well, hell, I'm rooting like hell for Maryland to win outright because – it doesn't matter at all in picks. Unfortunately, what was a 14-14 game and a game in which Maryland had a great chance, they had no answer for Jahan Dotson, the Penn State wide receiver, who is outstanding. I mean, that kid mm. can play. Yeah, he went um, Yeah, he was nuts. I, I don't think I would leave that guy open in the middle of the field, but that's just me. It's just me spitballing, throwing some things out there. Everybody uh, has their own journey, makes their own decisions. I would not make that particular decision. Unfortunately, Maryland ends up uh, sort of falling by the wayside in the fourth quarter, losing 31-14, to so everybody gets that point. Um, surprisingly, only KZ and I were on Notre Dame. I get it. Like, you just never know which Navy you're going to get. You get the team that battled Cincinnati a couple weeks ago and was really battling. I mean, they were right in this game competing against Notre Dame for a while. Unfortunately, in the end, Notre Dame proved to be Notre Dame. They pull away 34-6, to so only KZ and I got that point. Uh, Kyle was the only one of us that was on Auburn. They managed uh, three total points against Texas A&M in a 20-3 defeat, so everybody gets that point except Kyle. Uh, John Proctor, the only one on Minnesota. Man, when the Ravens had the chance to get that fourth down stop late in the fourth quarter, I felt so like, they're not, they're not just going to come back and win. They're going to cover. They're going to cover. Didn't get the stop. Minnesota goes in, obviously, that. Once they get the overtime, you know that the best you can do is a push because you can't win a game by seven. Once you get the overtime, you can only win by six. And when the interception happened on the first drive, you then knew that they wouldn't be going for a touchdown any longer because they would only need a field goal to win. And so, right. womp, womp. But Proctor uh, steals a point that way. He was a lone wolf, and he gets that point on the Vikings. Speaking of lone wolves, Kyle was a lone wolf on Cleveland, and that was that was alarming. It was just that was a beatdown. That was an 
ass-kicking the Brands, Browns handed to the Bengals 41-16. to um, Obviously, I didn't get to watch much of the game because it was happening at the same time as the Ravens game, but Nick Chubb was the story. I mean, he was overwhelmingly dominant. Clearly, uh, the Odell Beckham thing did not impact the Browns all that much this week as they had a game plan and they delivered, and when they have things going on the ground, that, that's – they're a tough team to beat. When they can run the ball like that, they're a tough team to beat. Um, Nick Chubb, we all know how good he is. He was dominant, dominant yesterday as the Browns get the 41-16 victory. Only Kyle gets that point. Um, this one was was kind of a thriller between the Chargers and the Eagles. Uh, I ended up spending some time with this one because, God, the Chiefs game sucked. Um, so I spent a little bit more time with this game uh, in late stages. It was nice for me, the man that owns Justin Herbert in basically every fantasy league, to finally see Justin Herbert look like Justin Herbert again. That was a that was a nice change of pace on the day. Um, Chargers still needed some late heroics in order to get the 27-24 victory over the Eagles, but because they were only favored by a point and a half, that gets them the cover. Everybody gets that point except for KZ. Andrew Stecka wants to go down picking against Arizona. I can't explain it. Every time we have had an Arizona game of picks this season, Andrew Stecka, who happens to live in Arizona, has picked against the Cardinals. And I'm not sure if he's gotten all of them wrong. Um, He's gotten a good number of them wrong. The last three for sure. I'm trying to think if Arizona was a loss at any point this year. Um... I guess the Green Bay game. I guess that one was the one. Mm. Yeah, that was the only one, though. Look, man, it's what it is. Andrew Stecka, the only one that was on San Francisco. And that one, without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins, now looks like they're going to be without Chase Edmonds, too. Arizona kicks San Francisco's ass up and down the field. Colt McCoy leading the way. James Conner is apparently the best player in all fantasy football. He's got he's a touchdown machine. It's insane. It's just nuts. It's nuts how reliable James Conner is in fantasy football. I also have um, Edmonds. Oh, so that's that's nice. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, pal. I'm so sorry. Me too. Everybody gets that point except for Steck as Arizona wins that game, 31 to 17. Never, ever, ever pick Kansas City to cover, even when they get to face Jordan Love, who might be the worst quarterback in the history of football. There is so much here. There's so much to the story. The, the, it, the part that matters for us is that only John Proctor went with Kansas City, and so everybody else gets the point as Green Bay does manage to get a touchdown late in order to get a cover 13-7. to Clearly, that's not the story. Clearly, the story is the thing that we didn't get to react to because it happened after the show ended on Friday, and that was Aaron Rodgers' bat-ass insane interview that he did on the Pat McAfee show. Um, I've said before, if if you are hell-bent in not getting vaccinated, I mean, that's that's your... This is America, and th- as much as you try to make it seem like something is being forced upon you, it is not. You are allowed to live in this country while not being vaccinated. You are. Say, well, yeah, but I might lose my job. Okay? You can lose your job for any reason. You can lose your job tomorrow because I I walked in one day and I lost my job at a radio station. I did everything right. I did everything I was supposed to do. I lost my job because the radio station was flipping formats. People lose jobs. That's the way that it goes. There is nothing that says, unless you have a contract, and that contract largely includes things along these lists, these issues, public health issues, 
And even when you have a contract, they can still fire you. They just have to pay out in a certain way. You can lose your job. You still have the right. You still cannot be forced to go get vaccinated. It's this thing that we like to try to do. Well, my rights are being taken away from me. No, they're not. You have the right to be unvaccinated. 100%. This is not debatable. You have that right in this country. Is your life going to be more difficult in certain circumstances? Probably. Probably the case. But you still get to make that choice. And I can't take that away from you. And no one can take it away from Aaron Rodgers. That's his choice. He doesn't want to be vaccinated. Are the things that he said on Friday absolute nonsense? 100%. There is no debate about that. The people that are trying to lift Aaron Rodgers up as their hero, nonsense. Now, doesn't mean he's not right. He doesn't have the right to say it. He can choose that all he wants. And people will feel certain ways about him. If you're someone who doesn't want people to have to be vaccinated, you feel a certain way about Aaron Rodgers. Or you don't want to get vaccinated, you feel a certain way about Aaron Rodgers. If you think people should be vaccinated, you probably feel another way about Aaron Rodgers. Does it matter when Aaron Rodgers shows back up? Probably not. It probably doesn't. He's that good at playing football that when he goes and starts throwing the ball around and the Packers are relevant, this stuff probably doesn't matter. But did he cost his team a win yesterday because of his choice? Yeah. And that was the point that I made when we had this conversation about Lamar Jackson. I don't really care what your opinion is. I don't, genuinely. I mean, like, do I think it's in the, the greater interests of us as a society for people to get vaccinated? I do. Do I think that the people that scream about mandates aren't actually making an argument for why anybody shouldn't be vaccinated? And there is false equivalency? They're largely bad faith actors? I do. And I'm someone who thinks mostly I'm a libertarian. But I get it. As I said, I can never be a full libertarian because I understand why we need roads in the country. I understand why we need stoplights. And I understand why we need hospitals and things along those lines. I'd love to be non-reliant or non-dependent on anybody else, but it just doesn't work that way. There's too many of us. We have to have a functioning society that includes some amount of government. Do I think there's government overreach? Of course I do. But this isn't about that. I, my opinion, I made it very clear, is I think people should get vaccinated. If you can. And Aaron Rodgers tried to make an argument for why he couldn't that doesn't hold up. It just doesn't. It does not hold up. Now, if he doesn't want to be vaccinated, he doesn't have to be. But he's costing his football team. He cost them yesterday. The Chiefs stink. The Chiefs are terrible. If Aaron Rodgers plays in that game, they get their brains beat in. He cost his team a win. Plain and simple. There's no getting around this. Aaron Rodgers' unwillingness to be vaccinated cost his football team. And clearly, he doesn't care. But that was the problem that I had with Lamar Jackson when Lamar Jackson wasn't vaccinated. At some point, it could end up costing the Baltimore Ravens football games. And if you feel so strongly about something that, that you're willing to do that, to throw your teammates under the bus, to throw, that's, that's your call. I, 
as I said before, I don't knock a person that steps away if they're, you know, if uh, we talked about the the thing with the guy from the Braves and the the kid that was being born. Right. Like, there are things that I do think are more important than team sports. And if that's the way that you feel, that's the way that you feel. But we can't mix words about this. Aaron Rodgers' unwillingness to be vaccinated cost his football team a win yesterday. Thankfully, Lamar Jackson got vaccinated. And so the likelihood of that costing the Ravens wins at some point goes down significantly. It's not completely prevented, but it goes down significantly based on the rules and the agreements that were agreed upon by the Players Association, of which Aaron Rodgers is a part. You have whatever opinion you want to have. Be as mad at me as you want to be, but you can't argue this. Aaron Rodgers cost his football team a win. Whatever your opinion is about vaccinations. Does that matter inside the locker room? That's why I brought that up with Sean Merriman. I don't know. I don't know. To some guys, probably. To other guys, all they're really going to care about is, well, we lost a football game. Get the quarterback back. Let's go. We're not going to dwell on it. Let's just go. Let's just go win the rest of them. We're not going to dwell on it. Could it end up costing them home field? Maybe. I mean, they're almost certainly going to win that division. There's, there's no one that's much of a threat to that unless Aaron Rodgers misses a lot more games. Um, you know, could it, could it cost them the number one seed in the NFC? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it could. It, could, it might very well be what cost them the number one seed in the AFC is that they lost this football game yesterday. That was imminently winnable. I don't know. I don't know, and we'll see. I mean, he might be back next Saturday. That's the first day that he could be back, and he might be back, and then, then you know, the Packers will probably be fine as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing football. Probably. But it cost him. Period. End of story. And that was why, to me, it was a selfish decision for Lamar Jackson at that point that he was to be unvaccinated because it could cost his football team games. For what? For what? And I'm glad that Lamar Jackson made the decision that he made. The rules were set up to benefit the vaccinated in the NFL. Got a problem with that? You know, talk to somebody else. The rules were set up that way. And it hurt. It hurt the Packers. Moreover, Jordan Love is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I can't believe they left him out there for all four quarters yesterday. It'd be one thing if, like, Aaron Rodgers was out for the year and you knew the guy was going to have to play the rest of the way and you were trying to get him some sort of positive momentum. I, I, I don't care if Blake Bortles has been there for two days. Jordan Love stunk. I mean, he was terrible. That was an abomination of quarterbacking. It sets up a much bigger problem for the Packers moving forward, which is the scenario we talked about was maybe Jordan Love looks great and it puts themselves in a different situation where like they can be more confident in making a trade this offseason. I have no idea how they move on from Aaron Rodgers at the end of the year. They've got the leverage. They still have the power based on the new agreement. And if I'm the Packers, I think I play it out the exact same way this past offseason played out, which was you can be as mad as you want, but you're either playing for us or you're not playing. Turning it over to that dude. The Chiefs defense stinks. It's terrible. This guy couldn't make a throw. He could not hit a wide-open wide receiver. You invested a first-round pick in this dude for a team that badly needed more weapons. He is sitting there. His contract is going to come up at some point, and he can't play. It's not that he couldn't beat the Chiefs. He can't play. Someone might say it's one game. Maybe. 
But he's not a rookie. He's been around. He's had plenty of time to try to learn and develop, and when he saw the field, he pissed down his leg. That's one of the worst performances we've seen from a quarterback ever. It is unbelievable what's going on in Green Bay. I mean, this is – I'm very jealous of all the people that get to do radio in Green Bay. I guess it's not a big media market. In Wisconsin as a whole, I'm very jealous of all of them because, my God, do they have so many things to talk about uh, today. Um, what a what an unreal story this is on every level. See, I, I wonder – what the what it was like in that locker room before Aaron Rodgers because because he he it's clear he doesn't want to be there it, to me it was clear he didn't want to be there and now he, the whole COVID thing comes out on top of that how does that locker room feel now about Aaron Rodgers and then you have to see the fact that Jordan Love can't play what are they gonna do they're in a situation where their 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 Hall of Fame quarterback doesn't want to be there and the guy that they drafted to replace him can't get it done it's such a terrible scenario it's for insane. them and, and they did and, it to themselves and and. There's a lot of people that don't like him anymore, right? Yeah, like, yeah. and and probably get a, like I've thought about that. If I was a Packers fan and like I've been obsessed with Aaron Rodgers, would it impact me in any way? It, it would. It would bother me, right? Like it would impact me. But would it prevent me from being able to go out and cheer for him when he returned to play? No, no, probably not. That probably not. I mean, the MLK thing was way over the top. I yeah. mean, that's it's just one of the most ridiculous things that a human being has ever said. Um, and that's saying something considering 2021. Um, but you know, like there, there are there are lines. If if it if it became out, if it comes out that a, a player is is overtly racist, I can't I can't go to a stadium yeah. and clap for them. If it comes out, you know, I I couldn't go to a stadium and clap for Tyree Kill if yeah. I were a Chiefs fan. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't have been able, if the Ravens had signed Antonio Brown last year, I would not have been able to go and clap for Antonio Brown. There are, there are levels at which it just can't happen. This probably isn't that. It's not that. It's, it's something that irks you, but you're probably like over it as long as there's nothing next, as long as there's no, here are some other things that I've heard that I want to share with you like as long as there's no next level to it, I'm probably all right. It's, you know, our, our our starting quarterback is a space cadet, but if winning cures all, if he goes out there and keeps winning, people are going right, to forget about it. Right, probably the case. There will be more people around the country that'll be less inclined. Like a lot of people pointed out, it's not just that like the there was a hospital in Wisconsin that ended their partnership with him, but it was very clear yesterday that State Farm was without publicly announcing they had dropped him which is a little bit weird. I'm kind of surprised they just didn't do that. They're an insurance company. I mean, like, literally, they're, they're, they're an insurance company. Right. I'm a bit surprised they didn't just publicly announce they dropped him, but um, the numbers are out there. They, they basically took all of his commercials off TV. Wow. They basically just said, like, they made references in some of them because you can only, it's not like you have new commercials. You had to pick which ones could air, but they basically took all of the Aaron Rodgers commercials off TV yesterday. They don't have a choice. They're an insurance company. Like, right. they, they have to do that. Um, like they they can't they can't have their spokesperson be someone who is the antithesis of what it is they're trying to to put out there. Um, it's a it's so bizarre. Everything about it is so bloody bizarre, man. But in the end of the day, Packers got the cover, which is what mattered to me because that's what I picked. Uh, nobody thought that the the Titans would even cover against the Rams last night. Not only did they do that, obviously they won outright um, in a day that was dominated by defense. That's the weird part about it is they won a game 
They won a game against arguably the best team in football on the road. And yet if you watch that game, you're still hard-pressed to come out of it and say, I think the Titans are the best team in the AFC because they struggled mightily offensively. They really struggled. They got – I mean, Matt Stafford, that thing that he did when he was about to go down for a safety is one of the worst decisions I've seen any quarterback make in the history of the NFL to just chuck the ball in the air and allow an easy interception for a touchdown – I mean, just take, dude, take the safety. Carson Wentz Live. did that two weeks ago against the Titans. Yeah, he did something similar. Did, yeah. Something very similar. You're right about that. That wasn't. It wasn't in the exact same circumstance, but it was a similar. It was a similar spot. Um, I have no idea what these quarterbacks are thinking in some of these moments, man. I just don't know what's going through their head. Also, officials hate giving up safeties. If in any world, if if your pinky was outside of the end zone <laughs> when the contact started. They are so inclined to just say, no, we're going to mark him down right outside the goal line. Like, that's what we're going to do. Man, live to play another day. That was that was horrendous, and it completely changed the course of that game. I mean, like, the Titans got the, another interception. I mean, like, it was – it happened in a hurry. It happened in a hurry, the way that everything came apart for them. Um, but I still don't know. I don't know what to make of the Titans. They did not look good offensively without Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill did not have a good night throwing the ball, and yet they still won and won sort of comfortably – because, again, their defense were the ones that got the job done. Does that make you suddenly believe in the Titans' defense? we got a lot of other evidence that says you shouldn't. But they looked really good last night. Weird team to figure out. Weird team to figure I, out. I have yet to be impressed by Ryan Tannehill this year. He doesn't look yeah, this like the year, same quarterback this year, that he was the first two years. I don't disagree there. with that. This year he doesn't look great. Um, but yet they won the game. Yeah, convincingly. Winning a lot of games. On the road really against a really good team. Yeah, yeah. this stretch they've been on of late where they've gotten the job done every week. Now, again, we don't think the Chiefs are as good as we thought they were mm-hmm. when they won that game. But they beat the Bills. They beat the Colts, who were the one team that was going to be a threat to them in that division. And then they go on the road and beat the Rams. You can't deny the what they've accomplished. It's just you struggle to... to, to is it sustainable? I struggle with that. I struggle with whether or not it's sustainable yeah. for the Titans. All right, so for the week, I was the only one who went six and three. Uh, Kyle Proctor and KZ all went five and four. Stecka went four and five. So now for the year, I am at 48 and 38. I'm five games up on Kyle uh, from the grave, who's 43 and 43. Stecka is 40 and 46. So is Ken Zalis. Uh, they're both eight games back, but they're also two games clear of Proctor who sits at 38 and 48, 10 games behind first place, but more importantly for him, two games back of anyone that could replace him for last place. Remember, at the top of the table, playing for a little bit of cash at the bottom of the table, we're trying to avoid being the one who comes in here and has to sing Hero from the original Spider-Man, consume an entire tarantula, and get their back waxed. Unpleasant. I feel pretty good about my chances at the moment, but things have gone south much quicker, much, much quicker. Uh, John from Little Rock, the issue is not that uh, Rogers has the right to be unvaccinated. It's about not following the protocols. He was reckless, lying about his phony immunization. He and the team are liable now. They should be fined, and he should be suspended. Um, the fine thing for sure, I don't know what the rules, when they put this, I don't know if they allow for there to be a suspension for something like this. I hear what you're saying. The problem that a lot of people are saying, it's, it's one thing that you're unvaccinated. You're allowed to be unvaccinated. It's another thing that he wasn't wearing masks in situations where he's supposed to and and his answer basically was spitting in the face of well I don't believe in the rules I don't I don't I don't think that the rules I I was trying to pretend like this this other thing that I had done counted as making me immunized it's a whole different bit man like I 
I don't know what the agreement with the NFLPA allows for a punishment to be in those situations, but yes, 100%, whatever the punishment is, he should receive it. I don't think it's a suspension. I don't think that's something that, that the NFLPA would have agreed to to allow for a suspension to take place. But if they did, then, you know, sure. If that's what they, they agreed to, then that's the case. He definitely was flaunting the league's COVID policies. There's no question about that. Yeah, I, I don't think that there would be a suspension just because he's already missed a game. Because of because well, of COVID. but it's, it's Th- not th- th- they probably don't take that into account. But right, like I just don't think that the, the NFLPA would have ever agreed to a scenario right. where a player would have been suspended for these circumstances. I just don't think that that would have been something the association would have agreed to. Yeah, and they're not going to suspend somebody for being an idiot, right? Um, well, I mean, the the team might want to, yeah. right? But like you, you still have to be. It has to be something that's in a contract. It has to be allowed that you can suspend someone. And if you want to say. If you want to say the team could step in and just use that contract t- conduct detrimental to the mm-hmm. team policy in order to do it, sure they could. But it's the Packers, and they just saw what Jordan Love did. They're not going to do that. Right. That's not go- the Packers are not going to make that decision. It would have to come from the NFL, and because of that, it would have had to have been agreed upon by the Players Association. And I just don't. I would be stunned if the Players Association agreed to something that would allow for players to be suspended in those circumstances. Right. Let's um, we're gonna do Pats. Let's grab a break in between though because we're a little bit behind on breaks. So let's take a break. Then we'll come back in. We'll dish out Pats on the ass for the Ravens' performance. That's next. Today's program is also brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. Uh, very excited to welcome Window Depot Baltimore and Duffy's Garage in Baldwin on as sponsors. The Tyus Bowser Show. We're back next Tuesday night at Mother's in Timonium for the next Tyus Bowser show. Find out more at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. And please go to grade8smemorabilia.com right now to find out more about how you can help them and Harvest of Hope. They had to make a switcheroo this week. They had an event scheduled with Deshaun Elliott. Unfortunately, Deshaun Elliott now done for the year, which sucks. I mean, there's no getting around that. So Pat Ricard is stepping in and is going to be hanging out tomorrow night for an event uh, with Harvest of Hope. All you got to do is donate gift cards. And if you do at Wise then you can meet and get pictures and autographs of Patrick Ricard tomorrow night. So go to grade8smemorabilia.com to find out more about that. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $6.99 burgers on Mondays and $5.99 nachos on Thursdays. And watch football on their big screens every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. 
Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le champion. Chris Jericho. Le champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, Pressbox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash Sports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Well, you know, I never do. That's just the rule that we have around these parts, and I appreciate the fact that Paul understood that and didn't uh, say, I need to see HR when he showed up the first time. Today's show... Also brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Ted Nguyen from The Athletics is going to join us in a few minutes. Jeremy Kahn a little bit later on this hour. But before we do any of that, let's dish out some pats on the ass. We do it every Victory Monday. I mean, sometimes we have to go the other way. Sometimes the result is unfortunate, and you have to, you know, dish out some slaps to the helmet. But when the Ravens win, we dish out pats on the ass. You know how it works. You pick five Ravens. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. The fifth can be whoever you'd like it to be. Another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. All are options. You rank them five to one, with number one being your player of the game who gets two pats on the ass. It is as simple as that. By the way, good morning to my friend, Mr. Ben Lamoon. I was just talking about uh, how excited we are to have uh, Window Depot and Duffy's Garage on board for the Tyus Bowser show, man. That is awesome. Love them. Duffy's, by the way, legitimately where I take my vehicle. That's not a, it's not a bit. That's where I go. When, uh, when I knew I was putting a bunch of miles in my car this summer uh, because I was driving down to Georgia to see my grandfather before he passed away and uh, then driving to the beach the following week, I, I called uh, Duffy's. I said, hey, man, I, I need to just sort of make sure that my car is road ready. I'm about to put a ton of miles on it. They were like, bring it on over. Uh, it was a great process. I appreciate them a great deal. So happy to have them on board uh, for the Tyus Bowser Show Duffy's in Window Depot, Baltimore. That's great stuff. That is some forward thinking on your part to go Bro. get your car checked out before you yeah, go on a trip. Imagine having a six-year-old and a four-year-old in your car and you have something happen in the middle of North Carolina at two in the morning. Right. Can't, can't be happening to your boy. That cannot be something that occurs. So, yeah, just took it on over. Uh, they were great. Appreciated them. Love Duffy's, man, um, and uh, really excited that they and uh, Window Depot have joined us for the Tyus Bowser Show. 
That's great stuff. All right, uh, Pats. Let's do it. Pats are brought to you today by the Press Box Fantasy Football Show, which returns this Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m., facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. KZ will be here to set your lineups as he is every Thursday at 11.30. It's all brought to you by Glory Days Grill. It's also brought to you by CCBC and the Maryland Department of Transportation. All right, sir. Uh, I'll start with my number five. As I said, this is a difficult week. Really difficult week. A lot of offensive players I wanted to put on the list that I had to leave off. And I didn't know how to handle this particular gentleman. Um, I thought there were a lot of different arguments that could be made. And I ultimately decided to just leave him at number five. So Lamar Jackson is my number five. And it reflects a lot of things. It reflects that, yeah, do they win that football game without Lamar Jackson? Not a chance. But was he also a big part of the reason why they were in the situation that they were in? He was. He did not play well at all in the first half of that game. He struggled mightily. Um, And you can credit Anthony Barr for the play that he made in overtime on the interception, but the best-case scenario on that throw was that it was going to get batted down. Mm -hmm. There was no lane to make that throw. And I I, I like that Lamar was willing to take the underneath stuff yesterday, but it wasn't there. There was not a lane to make that throw yesterday. Anthony Barr was in the way. And the best case scenario was that he was going to bat it down. The worst case scenario, obviously, is what it's happened. I'm not. It's hard to call that. Say that was a deserved interception because Anthony Barr still had to make a great play in order to get the pick. But that play was never going to be a completion yeah. out to the flat to Pat Ricard. So that's on him as well. And that could have been what ended the game for the Ravens. But there was so much good that ultimately you sort of say it outweighs the bad. And he has to make the list anyway. Lamar's my number five. So my number five, and it's because I always overlook him and I always say, well, you know what, that's what we expect him to do, so I'm not going to put him on my list. But I went Justin Tucker. Okay. I, I went Justin Tucker simply because what that guy does is he just goes out there and he makes his kicks. And so many teams in the NFL, they can't say that. When, when I'm at the game yesterday and he's lining up to kick a field goal, I'm getting up to go get a beer because I know he's going to make that kick. And all you have to do is look across the field at the Minnesota Vikings to know – how important it is to have a really good kicker because they don't and they never have. And Justin Tucker, we take him for granted in Baltimore. They don't win that game if he misses any of those kicks yesterday. Well, I mean, look, I mean, Justin Tucker is amazing. It, it was it was a day in which I couldn't. There were too many offensive players for me to put Justin Tucker on the list yesterday. But right. you know, certainly never take Justin Tucker for granted. He's unbelievable. Uh, my number four yesterday, um, Josh Bynes was all over the place. He wasn't perfect, and they certainly struggled against the run. There's no debate about that. But he made play after play after play after play um, tackle-wise, and he even made a couple plays in in pass coverage. Um, He has certainly been an upgrade uh, since he's arrived again. Josh Bynes is my number four. Uh, Josh Bynes is actually my number three Okay, uh, with the 11 tackles and the eight solo tackles. and They actually, I thought they played well against the run, with the exception of the 66-yard run. I mean, that was the worst moment, and yeah. they got better as the game went on, yeah, but it, the first half they struggled against yeah. the run. Um, my number four is Tyus Bowser. I hadn't really heard Tyus Bowser's name much this year, um, but against the Vikings... Well, he had the incredible game against Denver. He was a monster against Denver. Right. But, but we're, I, think what, I think what's the problem for Tyus is he's been asked to do some more of the setting the edge stuff, and he's mm-hmm. been very good in that department. But you, you want him to be getting sacks and interceptions because he was getting interceptions, and that's the reason why Tyus Bowser became sort of a household name mm-hmm. in town. Um, he's not been asked to do the same things this year. He's been asked to be an edge setter, a la Jarrett Johnson once upon a time. Right. 
Um, and he's done a very good job uh, in a lot of circumstances. He's done a very good job in that department. But, yeah, he had a day. He's my number three. He had a day yesterday. Yeah, he, made, he was disruptive yep, yesterday. Very big plays yesterday. He had himself a day. There's no deba- debate about that. So we just flip-flop the two. I had Bynes four and Bowser three. You yeah. had Bowser four and Bynes three. Uh, my number two was – it was so difficult for me to decide – I knew who my number one was. That was obvious to me. Who number two would be was tough. And there were a lot of candidates to me. It's funny because, like, number two is where I had debate. The second best player of the day. The next guy that I was considering literally missed the list. That's the way it works when you have to put two defensive players on and when I sort of made the decision that I made about Lamar Jackson. But ultimately, the big story for me yesterday, and I don't know what it'll mean moving forward, but the big story for me and how the Ravens were able to go win was they established the run. And so Devontae Freeman ends up being my number two. Um, I thought about Pat Ricard. For sure, I thought about Pat Ricard. Obviously, the one drive was almost entirely about Pat Ricard. I thought about Rashad Bateman big time. I big time thought about Rashad Bateman, who I thought was phenomenal yesterday. Um, and I certainly considered Devin Duvernay just because of the, the quality of the catch that he made right. in the end zone. It was such a huge play and a big-time catch that I considered him. There were so many guys that I thought about for this spot. But at the end of the day, the Ravens establishing the run and getting contributions from their running backs, that to me could be potentially season-changing. Again, we'll see. We're a long ways away from that. This is one game. That was massive, and for Devontae Freeman to be averaging six yards per carry, despite the fact that we don't think the offensive line was playing all that well, that's a big statement to me. Devontae Freeman's my number two. So my number two, I'm pretty sure, is your number one. Uh, my number two is Hollywood Brown. Uh, he had nine catches, 119 yards. What people don't realize, or maybe they do, he had two catches for 13 yards in the first half. And then in the second half, seven catches, 106 yards. Uh, a lot of them down the stretch when they needed when they needed to score because th- they needed to score. Yes. And he was the guy on those drives. Uh, he was a difference maker. He was a number one wide receiver yesterday. He's sixth in the NFL in receiving yards. He's tied for seventh in touchdowns. He is a legitimate weapon on your offense, and he showed that. Once again, he's done this so many times this year. He showed it once again yesterday. So I, he was obviously my number one. He was he took the game over. Um, he he became an absolute force, an absolute monster. And what jumps out to me most is how many wide receivers that were that were so unproductive for a half of a football game would end up becoming demonstrative, would end up becoming problematic. And Hollywood Brown was anything but that. He put his head down. He went to work. He found other spots on the field that he could use to operate with in order to get involved in the offense and was constantly trying to get upfield, was constantly trying to make plays. This, to me, the story of yesterday was Hollywood Brown. I mean, he was a game changer um, in the second half and on into overtime. He was phenomenal as that football game went on. He was an easy choice for me as number one. Yeah, he has – he is um – He's put the team on his back a couple of times late in games. That, that, that game against the Colts where he was making play after play yep. along with Mark Andrews. He's had, a, he's had a hell of a year. My number one, obviously, is Lamar Jackson. The thing about this is if the Ravens had lost, Lamar would have been on my slaps list. It's the reason why I, put, I left him at number five. But I look at him, and look, he needs to be play better in the, in the first <clears> – <throat> needs to be better in the first half. Time and time again, he misses open receivers. He threw two – what I thought were bad interceptions yesterday. But with the game on the line, nobody has played better this year. 
Lamar Jackson is a Ravens version of Superman, and they are not where they are without him this year. Well, there's no debate about that. There's no debate about that. This was just simply, to me, one guy was really good all game. The other guy was really good for a certain stretch of the game. Um, and, and you recognize it, and I don't, I don't ignore it, but I can't ignore the other stuff too, right? Like, right. on a whole, I thought Lamar Jackson yesterday was okay. Mm-hmm. I thought, I mean, when he was good, he was unbelievable, right? Like, he was absolutely incredible, and that's that's Lamar Jackson. Okay. That's the experience. That throw to Mark Andrews in the end zone was, oh, was incredible. He should have caught it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. He should have caught incredible. that one. All right. Um, some of uh, Let me get some of these lists. Nick, five, Bowser, four, Bynes, three, Bateman, two, Tucker, one, Lamar. Or at least I assume that's Lamar. I, yeah, that's Lamar. Uh, from, from Matt... Five Queen for Ricard. Now, Patrick Queen, I haven't I need to see snap counts from yesterday. That's important. I haven't seen the snap count yet. I got I need to see how many snaps he played. Um he definitely made a couple of plays, and those are that's a good thing. I need to see if he was out there a little bit more. Um that to me is more important when it comes to Patrick Queen right now, is how often is he on the field? I gotta see the snap counts for that. He was on the field for they said finally he's, he was on the field more than fifty percent of the plays. All right, well that's good. That's a good start. That's a good start for him and getting back to where they need him to be moving forward. Uh, oh, sorry, it wasn't Lamar for Nick. It was actually Hollywood who was number one. Thank you. Um, from Oh, and uh, he had four Ricard, three Bynes, two Lamar, one Justin Tucker. I don't know about that. Uh, Jazz, five Lamar, four Deshaun Elliott, four Rashad Bateman, two Hollywood Brown, one Josh Bynes. Wow, that's high praise. Uh, Paul from Obilando, five Bowser, four Bateman. All he does is make first downs. Three Josh Bynes, two Ricard, set the tone for the second half with his catches and runs and one Hollywood Brown. Uh, from Callum, five Bowser, four Bateman, three Bynes, two Brown. He almost went with an entire B team. He always went with the killer Bs. Right? He just put Pat Ricard at number one. I don't know about number one, but, yes, that was a massive drive, and obviously a time where the Ravens badly needed it, uh, falling behind. Whatever momentum they got from the late touchdown in the first half was completely gone after the kick return and start of the third quarter. They needed that drive to reestablish themselves, get themselves back in the game. And the one thing that completely gets missed in there is going for it fourth down on your own 36-yard line, which was an actual gutsy call that if they don't convert, none of this ever happens. Like, it's easily forgotten because so many things happened after that point, but they went for it fourth down from their own 36-yard line in the third quarter and somewhat early in the third quarter. And this was the thing that they were everybody was killing the Ravens for against the Bengals. Well, how do you make decisions like that? Because you can't win the game if you don't. You have to make the decision. You have to convert it. You have to keep your drive alive. You have to go get a score, and you have to get your way back into a football game at some point. That's what they did after going forward and forth. And uh, I think it was fourth and two in that spot, if I remember correctly. Fourth and two, yeah. KZ, five John Harbaugh. Four, and Casey never likes to praise John Harbaugh. Four, Josh Bynes. Three, Tyus Bowser. Two, Pat Ricard. One, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Sarah, I think I understand the bit that you're doing here. Five, practice squad defensive player. Four, third string defensive player. I get the bit, but you come on. You, you, you got to still play by the rules. Three, Bateman. Two, Ricard. One, Tucker. Uh, from Nick Kelly, five, Bynes. Four, Bowser. Three, Ricard. Two, Lamar. One, Hollywood Brown. Uh, Kevin, five Bynes, four Deshaun Elliott, three Justin Tucker, two Lamar Jackson, one Hollywood Brown, and Stephen Pimlico, five Bowser, four Bateman, three Bynes, two Brown, and one Lamar Jackson. I'm sure I'm missing some of them, and we got other things we got to get to, so we'll stop here, but continue to get me your pats on the ass at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and we will share them out throughout the course of the day. 
Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. I need to get over and start thinking about it. might be time for me to be looking into a RAV4 at some point soon. It's a heck of a vehicle, man. It is a good-looking automobile. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in... Let's talk more about where the Ravens are amongst the best teams in the NFL. Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. He's their film analyst. He's going to join us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Ravens prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman, you can find me on The Batter on with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's The Batter out every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Tonight on Facebook Live, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsler are going to catch up with former Oriole Mike Bordick. Make sure you're tuned in for that this evening. 
Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And if you miss it, you can see it tomorrow, PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Joining us now, man is the film analyst for The Athletic. Got to figure out, I need to figure out who's actually good after this uh, insane weekend of NFL football and where the Ravens are among the best teams in the league. Joining us is Mr. Ted Nguyen. He's with us now here on GCR. Ted, it's uh, Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So who's actually good in the NFL? Like, who do we actually know with certainty is good at about the midway point of the season? Ooh, that's, uh, that's a much difficult, much more difficult question to ask um, after what happened this weekend with yeah. so many favorites being upset. Um, but, you know, I still believe in, in the Buffalo Bills. You know, I, I think that um, they ran into – they had a big hiccup against the Jaguars. But just with the way their defense is playing, and we, we know how much offensive firepower um, they have. Um, you, before la- last week, they were number one in points allowed per drive and number two in, in points scored per drive. So those are two really good uh, stats. And you know, I, I think they'll get back on track. And, of course, you know the Ravens are still uh, a very strong team, as they showed. Uh, last week, beating the Vikings, they just could you know beat you in so many different types of uh, different styles, which I think is important for a team. I want to talk a little bit more about that, Ted, because I, it's weird. This is a Ravens team that's sitting at six and two, despite you know this this ungodly number of injuries. I mean, it's unreal, and Deshaun Elliott now gets added to that list. It's just insane what they've been through on the injury front, and they keep figuring out ways to win, despite the fact that you look at their defense and you're like, I'm not sure they're really any good. Um, I'm not, you know, they they hadn't been able to run the ball at all until yesterday with their running backs. Like, are are they a really good football team? Or are they a team that has Lamar Jackson and they've figured out ways to win, and honestly, that's good enough at this point? Yeah, I think it's a little bit more of the um, the second answer you mentioned. The, the latter, yeah. Jackson, yeah, I think, I think Lamar is just playing out of his mind. And, um, you know, to be able to overcome those injuries is, is very tough. And I think Lamar has just taken his game. Uh, to another level, and the Ravens' attack has kind of evolved, and um, it's allowed them to come back in games. You know, I think if they played their style, uh, the same style they played in the past, they wouldn't have been able to come back from some of the margins that they've been able to come back um, this season. They've become more of this this pass-heavy attack that, um, you know, allows receivers to have a lot of freedom at the line of scrimmage. Uh, it's not like a, you know, West Coast precise attack, but uh, they're getting downfield, and uh, when there's nothing deep, Lamar's able to take off and run. Um, and they have a, a nice little formula going, uh, um, but it, it's, it's obviously a little more risky than what they've done in the past, so that's why you see some of the turnovers. And defensively, they kind of have the same style. They're they're very boom-or-bust type of team, uh, but to their credit, they've been able to you know hit on big plays offensive defensively more often than um, they, they've lost those type of plays. Ted, what do you make of the fact that they did come to life a little bit running the football yesterday? Like, they, they, they were so – they couldn't run the ball with a running back. Other than the Chargers game, the Chargers had the worst run defense in the NFL, right? Like, the, mm-hmm. the, the they spent the better part of seven weeks not being able to run the ball at all. All of a sudden, the second half yesterday, Devontae Freeman's running for six yards per carry, and Le'Veon Bell's even contributing and, and picking up four and a half yards per carry with 11 touches. Do, do we allow ourselves to buy into the idea that 
maybe they they figured out that they just need to stay committed to it and they they can run or are we required to say yeah the evidence still states that 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 might just be an anomaly and something that happened in a game when the Vikings defense was worn down and already depleted a lot without Michael Pierce and Harrison Smith I, I do believe it's part um, partly because the the, the the Vikings defense did tire out, and yeah. I think that's the, that's their um, that's going to be their strategy from now on. They're going to use the pass to set up the run okay. because as far as um, their running attack, they just aren't the same team that they they have been in the past couple of years. They dealt with a ton of offensive line. They lost offensive linemen through free agency retirement throughout the years, uh, you know, and they. Uh, and the whole running back situation is, is tough to deal with. I mean, in week one, um, they were teaching, you know, still teaching their near running back footwork, you know, of just how to run the types of plays that they want to run. Um, so I think now they've started to solidify their running back rotation a little bit uh, with Devontae Freeman uh, being, the, you know, the, the top guy. And I think Murray will get a little some more goal line carries when he comes back. Uh, but, you know, when, you, when you've dealt with that many injuries in the offensive line as well, it's tough to get you know timing going with the combo blocks and all that. So it, I think it's just unrealistic to say that they can be as good of a running team as they sure. were before. Sure. Um, but I, I do think they they have a formula. If they tire teams out um, and they start running an option, it, it's very tough to deal with. And you know, with the way Lamar is passing the ball, it, it sounds kind of crazy. But teams have to start sitting back in coverage more. And when, when you do that, then uh, the run becomes a little more, uh, a little easier to execute. Ted, I, Ted Wynn is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I, what you just said to me, the, the Ravens don't need to be, and they can't be. It's insane to think they could be the run offense they've been the last couple years. But to me, it's really just about needing to limit the overwhelming amount they're asking from Lamar Jackson. Like, they were asking him to do an unprecedented. We've never, even Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago, was getting more help from his running backs than the Ravens had been getting in the first seven games of the season. If if it can just be that they ease up some of the workload for Lamar Jackson, then it seems possible to me and plausible to me that they could figure out a way to make a deep run in the postseason. Yeah, I I think you know when you pass this much, it, it's it's unsustainable. You, you know, it's, it's very hard to sustain success and. Um, you know, and you don't want to subject Lamar to those type of hits that he's taking as well. You know, when he does scramble, so you know, eventually you do want to be able to run the ball better. Uh, but you know, at the same time, you you have to keep that offensive line healthy. You know, if you have at least the same set of starters um, and, and they play a little bit more together, eventually they'll get better at running the ball. Um, but you know, it's just hard to do when you have guys in and out of the lineup. So if they can keep this lineup together and maybe get some guys back, then they'll be able to run the ball better as the season goes along. Uh, but for now, I, I think this is just what they have to do to stay in the game, especially when you know they, they fall behind like they did against the Vikings. Yeah, no question. I mean, this was the, they didn't they didn't have a choice clearly as it wasn't working. But thankfully, they got back in and they were able to establish the run, and it, it went a long way to them winning that football game. Um, Ted, I know last week at The Athletic you guys were debating about the AFC North, and, boy, the Bengals looked really good against the Baltimore Ravens. How, how do we explain how good they looked against the Ravens and then how awful they've looked in the two weeks that have followed that up? Uh, I think they're a young team, and, you know, with, with the, they're a young team with a lot of talent. So, 
sometimes that talent shows up, and then there are other times when um, their their youth shows up, and they also have some holes in their roster, especially with the offensive line. So, you know, when you have um, youth and you have some, you know, I think serious glaring um, holes in your roster, you're going to be inconsistent. So, you know, I, I think they have some talent and some building blocks, but I just don't think they're quite there yet as a team. Who does Odell Beckham make the most sense for? Um, you know, I, I think he makes a lot of sense for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of an easy answer, like, oh, the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs are the, the destination to go for, you know, whenever a, a wide receiver becomes a free agent. But um, uh, uh, there's a couple reasons why I, I think he's a good fit with the Chiefs because, um, one, the Chiefs are really desperate for a number two wide receiver. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins, who is a Raven now, it, it was a really underrated part of that passing game because when Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey got doubled, uh, Sammy Watkins was a, a, one guy that could beat one-on-one -on -one coverage, and he, he did that consistently whenever he was healthy. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you saw that with the, when he was with, with the Ravens, too. You know, he's a very productive uh, receiver. Um, and now, they, you know, they're trying to depend on McCole Hardman to be that guy, Byron Pringle, and they just have not been, been able to provide um, that secondary receiver. Uh, so, you know, I, I think Odell will be able to sign there for a really cheap deal, you know, with, the, with how his structure, um, restructure went and everything with the, um, with the Browns. And two, um, Beckham is not really a super precise route runner. You know, that was one of the problems that the Browns had with him was, you know, he was getting open, but he wasn't running in the, the places that he needed to be, which made it tough to throw to him. Um, but with the Chiefs, uh, they don't—they're not a very, um, you know, precise West Coast timing type of team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a guy who you know creates outside of structure, and he can play with a receiver that um, freelances a little bit. So I, I just think that situation makes a lot of sense for him, and he wants to be—you know—he wants to sign on to a contender. And you know, I, I think the Chiefs are struggling a little bit right now, but you know, they—they've won two games in a row, and. Um, that 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 might be the best destination for him. Does I, a lot of people are throwing the Ravens in there? I I to me, it's not something I'm messing around with, Ted. And it's not it's not even from a football perspective necessarily, as much as it's a for the first time like ever in Baltimore history, you have this young core of wide receivers that have looked, that have looked phenomenal. They have looked great. Rashad Bateman's been awesome in three weeks that he's played, and Marquise Brown. I mean, has been suddenly unreal over the course of this season. Mm -hmm. I'm just not messing with it right now. Like it's to me, it's something that I'm not doing in the middle of the year. Does it make any sense to you at all, from a football perspective, from uh, away from football perspective, for the Ravens to be the team that's considering Odell Beckham? Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Ravens have a, uh, a good um, receiving core right now, and I think you know, everybody's role is very clearly defined right now with the Ravens. So, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't want to throw in a guy there that is demanding a ton of targets. Um, and especially when you see, you know, Rashad Bateman developing the way he's developing too. Um, yeah, I just don't think the, the Ravens make a ton of sense uh, for OBJ. And, what, and, you know, it's funny because I want, I want to ask you a little bit about, are, are we getting carried away with how excited we are? Like, I, I always worry about this, like that we're dancing on the line of hyperbole when we talk about these things. I've never, I, you know, this franchise has been here for 26 years. I've never been as excited about a duo of wide receivers that has existed in Baltimore as I am right now about these two guys. And I acknowledge, like, I don't think either of them are Julio Jones or Randy Moss or, like, I get they don't have the body type to be that type. But, my God, they just catch the football 
other than, you know, Marquise Brown had a tough day against Detroit a couple weeks ago. Um, they catch the football, and they find spaces and get open. I, it's unreal to me how good these two dudes seem to be. Yeah, and I, I think they just the, – the whole receiving core, I think they just complement each other really well. Like, Bateman is kind of, you know, built in that Sammy Watkins role where he's an ex. He can beat – press coverage he can work the the short and you know and you see him work the intermediate parts of the field really well yeah and marquise brown is that guy who can kick the top off the defense and then you know you have mark andrews who's just a, a really tough mismatch and you have dooner bay who you know is really fast and you know he's a gadget type of player too so they all do a bunch of uh different things really well and, and it's just fitting really nicely uh together so i i think you are uh, right to be excited, especially with Brown, you know, and Brown, you know, the thing with Brown is he, I think the past couple of years, he's gotten open a ton. Uh, but I, I think now Jackson's improved as passer and I think their chemistry's improved. And uh, now we're just starting to see him develop and, and Bateman is just uh, pretty exciting to see how quickly he, he's developed as soon as he, he got in that lineup. Right. I mean, all he does is catch the football, man. <laughs> like, he just catches the ball and extends drives. It's remarkable. It's really remarkable to see it. All right, Ted Nguyen, um, what can we plug for you? Obviously, people can find you at The Athletic, but what specifically can we plug for you that you have coming up? Uh, well, I, I wrote an article last week about um, are we starting to see the limits of, of a heavy passing attack? And, you know, I talk about Patrick Mahomes and – Mm -hmm. uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Seahawks, who, you know, their passing games really start to struggle when, you know, these teams are starting to move to so much too high type of defenses. Sure. That... Um, you know, yeah, and, and I, you know, I was really, you know, um, it was really interesting to see all the stats and how the numbers have dipped. Um, so, you know, these, these teams that don't have a running attack that pass a ton, they're starting to, you know, really get limited by – these type of defenses and um, it, it's interesting because the Ravens are a team that uh, is starting to become you know in that mold of just passing a ton but at the same time teams can't just sit back in coverage because Jackson always presents a, um, a threat running yep. so it's uh, it's, it's an interesting contrast follow him on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis that's where you see his stuff he is Ted Nguyen Ted this is great man really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning we'd love to do this again down the road yeah, thanks for having me on. Ted Nguyen from The Athletic checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. Um, I, You know, fascinating stuff. And, and I, I, I agree. I just, we talked about it on Friday. I don't get it with Odell Beckham. I, I'm not messing with this. I'm not doing it. And it's one thing if what you were offering was Julio Jones. If what you were offering, it was, it was a player that we knew for sure was in their prime. You say, well, why would you want, any, you know, why would you turn down any, any more talent? At the moment, I don't know exactly what Odell Beckham is. I just don't know exactly what he is. And well, anything that messes with the thing, the chemistry they have working with, I'm out. Passing. What, what, and I liked what he said about how they, the, the receiving core is really good right now and they have their defined roles. With, with, a guy like Obel, with, with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr., he is the shiny new toy, and he's available, so you, you, right. your fans are going to say, hey, let's go get that guy. You don't really need him. Now, if he's Odell Beckham from a few years ago, making one-handed catches and lighting the Ravens up for over 200 yards, then, yeah, go get him. He just hasn't shown he's that guy, and do you want to take that risk, especially with what he could do to your locker room with his personality? And that part I'm not as concerned about. It's just more like I don't think he can break anybody. It's right. just more I, I the development side of it. Like, right now, I want the balls going to Rashad Bateman. I yeah. want the balls going to – now, somebody would say, hey, what if one of those guys were to get hurt in the next couple of weeks? Wouldn't you feel silly when you had a chance to go get a, another quality wide receiver? I hear you. I hear you. 
And that's not nothing to me, but it's not enough to compel me at the moment in relation to Odell Beckham. You can't live your life based on what ifs. Well, I mean, I, look, I want to be deep. I always want to have yeah. a deep roster. I always want to deep, be deep at every position. This is a sea change. And like the people that say Odell's only going to be happy as long as the ball's coming his way, I need to know if I'm bringing a guy in here right now. Like It's a guy that understands you might not get be getting the ball thrown your way all that much. You might not. You're, you're here to be a potential depth piece that if we need you, you know, like we step up. But we know who the guys are. The guys are established. Mm-hmm. These are our guys moving forward. Um, and I'm, I struggle with that being something that Odell Beckham is is ready to, to 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 swallow that and say that's who I'm going to be moving forward. So I'm, I'm 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 just I'm opposed. I continue to be opposed. We'll see. Um, I guess this week we'll see how the waiver process plays out and what ends up happening with Odell Beckham as he becomes available. All right, hour number two of today's program is also brought to you by the new print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Brenda Fries is on the cover, 20 years as head coach at the University of Maryland as their season gets underway tomorrow. Go pick that up right now or read the entire thing, PressBoxOnline.com. Jeremy Kahn, of course, the Big Bad Morning Show and the national show every Sunday and picks at PressBox and... For a certain amount of money, he'll come dance naked in your living room. He is with us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? Uh, good, but business has been light on that end, so I'm actually paying you money to allow me to wow. come dance naked. Wow, wow. So, i got to tell you, man. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. You never you never paid me You never any of the ten times that we did that. You never paid me yeah. a dime. But I thought that was a give and take because you were also dancing. That's true. It's true. It's a good point. We were we were quite even out. in that way. Quite yeah. even in that way. Um, where are you with the whole Odell? Be- Odell Be- oh, yeah, yeah. I talk for a living, Jeremy. Would you believe it? Odell Beckham thing. I'm 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 opposed, but it's not it's not as like nuts as some people make it out to be. I just I'm not messing with anything right now if I'm the Baltimore Ravens. That there's not. I'm not so certain that Odell Beckham's a game changer at this point that I'm messing with what appears to be a good thing right now in the wide receiver room. Yeah, look, I think he's better than uh, some of the guys you have, but I don't think it makes sense for this team. I know that's kind of a weird thing to say, but, like, um, I, the, the chemistry seems okay on offense except for the first quarter, whatever the hell goes on in the first quarter every single game. Uh, and why they can't score just drives me nuts. But, uh, you know, like, it, it, the league is just so weird right now, and I don't know that adding an Odell Beckham for the Baltimore Ravens makes a ton of sense. If he played cornerback, I'd be like, yeah, you go get right. that guy. If he was right. a pass rusher or an offensive lineman, I just it feels weird. It feels really weird saying that I don't think the Ravens need a wide receiver. Um, you know, especially too, you're gonna have Sammy Watkins coming back, and do I think Odell Beckham's better than him? Sure. Uh, I just but I, is he, I think but that his, would be a luxury. And, and, this, a and this, I agree with it. What you just said, I agree with. But here's the problem that I have, Jeremy: Is he capable of being Sammy Watkins? Like, is he? If if you are the team that takes a chance on Odell Beckham, is he the guy that understands that not all the balls are coming his way? Is he the guy that understands you're the third of three guys in this room? You're not our priority. And everyone that I've talked to has said, yeah, that's probably an issue for Odell Beckham. So to yeah, say, well, is, he, is he an upgrade? Yeah, he's, I think he's an upgrade over Sammy Watkins. But you need Sammy Watkins to be Sammy Watkins. Can Odell Beckham be that guy? I, I don't know. And if he can't, I think you could potentially mess some things up. I mean, one of the worst-kept secrets that I feel like everyone knows is that wide receivers are divas. Yeah. And of all the people on the field, 
they strictly rely on one person to get them the ball. You could literally be the best wide receiver, run a perfect route, be open every single time, and the quarterback still not get you the ball, whether that's the offensive line's fault for not giving enough time for you to get open and him to see you and make the throw, or whether the quarterback's not reading that part of it, doesn't feel comfortable making the throw because he doesn't see you. I mean, there's tons of things that could happen. Um, like I said, you could play the perfect game and still not get the ball the way you're supposed to. Odell Beckham is one of those guys that I don't think he complains if you're winning, but as soon as you lose, he's going to let you know he didn't get the ball enough, and right. that's with a lot of wide receivers in this league. So to me, it doesn't make sense here. And, and ironically, I think it's the perfect split in Cleveland because Baker needs to move on from this, and they played much better yesterday. I think a lot of that had to do with how Nick Chubb ran the football. No question. But Baker was better, and, and I think Odell needed a scenery change. And the weird thing about him, too, just to point this out, is since he's left the Giants, he hasn't been. He hasn't looked like Odell Beckham, and it's so weird to say that because he was on the cusp of everybody saying this guy's going to be the number one wide oh, receiver in football. We talked you know, about him like like he was DeAndre yeah. Hopkins at that point. I mean, we legitimately yeah. talked him about him as being that type of transcendent talent uh, in the league. And you're right. He's just he's he's been he's been okay. He's been good, but he hasn't been that. Like, does anybody think right now that Odell Beckham is a top ten wide receiver in the NFL at the moment? It's, I don't know. He's a top ten wide receiver in the AFC North. I, so well, I mean, I mean, probably not. But I hear you. I mean, like I, I, I hear what you're saying, man. That's the reality of where we I mean, are. If you're the Bengals, them. you look at their their three guys: uh, Pittsburgh. I look Deontay Johnson drops a ton of balls. I know Juju's hurt, and you know Chase Claypool. And and I don't know how crazy that sounds, but like you start looking at the production you've gotten from him, and look, he's been open, and and Baker's just missed him for whatever reason. But, again, I think it's a great split for the two of them to go in opposite directions. And it's combined with me, Jeremy, that I've never been this excited. The, the Ravens have had decent wide receiver duos over the – you know, like Derek Alexander Michael Jackson clearly were quite good, um, but that was just an offense that threw the ball 100 times a game. Um, Anquan Bolden and Torrey Smith were, were a perfect complement for each other when they finally decided to throw the ball um, in the Super Bowl year, and then that lasted for all of three weeks before they, you know, dismissed Anquan Bolden. This is – and I get the bar is low – I've never been as excited about a pair of wide receivers in Baltimore as I am right now about these two dudes. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and ironically, like I was looking at it yesterday on like DraftKings and FanDuel, um, where I think yesterday was it FanDuel that – I think it was FanDuel that Hollywood Brown was priced up higher than Stephon Diggs. Jesus. And you look at that and you go, that doesn't seem right. But production-wise, he's been yeah. – uh, don't kill me for saying it, he's been better. So yeah. by the end of the year, that probably changes. But – um, and again, I don't know that any of these guys are great, but they have the potential to be really, really good. And they're all doing they're, they're doing their jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're not. Yep. And, and I said this earlier. I'm not trying to oversell. I don't think either of these two guys are Julio Jones or Randy. Mo they're not that they're just not that body type that I think. I mean, Bateman maybe could end up being more like that, but I don't think so. I think there's a limit to what Bateman can be. But they they they're super productive. They're finding. The, the biggest praise I can give, we, I think we've all talked about Hollywood Brown's speed. He looked like Derek Mason yesterday. He looked like the guy that was finding anywhere he could find to get open and get the ball. He looked like he was doing something that was still even different than anything we had seen from Hollywood Brown before yesterday. Yeah, I think he had his best game yesterday as a Raven, and he didn't even get in the end zone. Right. So, you know, I, I really do believe that. Like, the routes he was running um, – you know, the, even even the point when he caught the ball, he's pointing and he's like, "Hey, get, get there and block!" Like he's, I, I don't know. I just thought he looked great yesterday, and one of the big reasons they won that game. I mean, I, I'm, boy, I'm 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 not trying. I'm trying to avoid hyperbole, bro. Like I'm trying to avoid yeah. like getting too carried away about it because we're still talking about one dude that's played all of three NFL games and a guy that 
you know, we're, we're a, a year and a couple of weeks removed from screaming about as being a bust, right? Like, that's what we're talking But, man, dude, it is really hard to not be. Yeah, we had a caller after the Lions game said, get rid of him. He's useless. And I'm right. like, what I are mean, you talking bro, about? Shut bro, bro. I mean, that was <laughs> – it was a bad day, but he had played so well, you know, other than that, that I was like, come on, man, give, give it up. And he's played unbelievably since then. It's, uh, it's hard to not be excited about that. So that all being said, Jeremy Kahn with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, uh, who in the NFL is good? <laughs> like – who who are the good teams? I don't know. Like I, I said yesterday, I thought the Rams were the best team in football, and then they come out last night, whatever that hot mess was with Matt Stafford's two turnovers oh, that directly led to 14 points. And um, and okay, what was it like? 20 seconds away, like it yes. was bing bang boom. And it was and like the one in the end zone was one of the worst plays I've ever seen a quarterback make. It wasn't just, just a mistake. Trying mis- to get rid of the ball, yeah. It wasn't just a mistake. It wasn't just an error. It was. Like, it's Dan Orlovsky running around on the back line of the end zone all those years ago. Like, it's insane that any NFL quarterback would do something like that. I get you're trying to get rid of the ball, but at some point you have to understand you can't do that. (laughs) It was was awful. And then, you know, Buffalo losing to Jacksonville and then being called out saying, look, they look lethargic on that sideline. What Dallas did yesterday is just absolutely absurd. You don't – to the Broncos who – you don't expect that. And then they had this kickoff return to start off the game, got stopped on fourth down twice in the first quarter where they could have kicked field goals both times. But again, I'm not opposed to going for it on fourth down. It's just kind of what happened. And it's almost like they forgot how to play offense uh, in any capacity until the fourth quarter when it didn't matter. And then, you know, like you're watching upset after upset after upset around the league. And you tell me who's the best team in the AFC North because the Ravens have three comebacks of double digits or more in the second half so far this year. And it just leads me to believe, like, I don't know if they're good. I'd like to think they are, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I think I compared it to what I said about the Titans. Like, the Titans just went on the road and beat the team that we all thought was the best team in the NFL and beat them resoundingly. And did any of us that watched that game come away from it saying, yeah, I think the Titans are really good and they're the best team now in the AFC? Or did we come away from it saying, yeah, that was really weird. Their offense stunk and their defense, which has been terrible, was the reason why they won the game. I don't know if that's sustainable. Well, the funny thing was, so I wrote uh, my article for Press Box on Saturday saying that I thought it would be Black Saturday. We have one of those every year where all these ranked teams go down. And yeah. Let me, let me pull out my third arm and pat myself on the back because I called the Purdue uh, upset over Michigan State. I called UNC beating Wake Forest, two sure. undefeated teams going down, and a host of other ones. And I was equally bad on Sunday in the NFL where I just didn't see any of that happening. I mean, there were a lot of bad teams that won on Sunday – and some of it in, like, blowout fashion where the game was never in doubt. Just what a weird, weird weekend. Nah, it was it was bizarre, man. And I get it. That's what the NFL kind of wants, right? Like, this is they're, – they're sitting back and they're kind of, you know, rubbing their hands together like, yes, yes, exactly. Like, they want this because it leads – there being more teams that feel like they're in it moving forward, and, and, and that's what's good. All right, so give me from a, a college basketball season starts tomorrow. Are, are you, like, from a betting perspective – do you need to, like, allow the season to play out for a little while before you start being comfortable about things? Like, this isn't the NFL where we feel like we know everything. Or are you, like, jumping on board on night one of the college basketball season? I mean, I'll still be in because the way I bet is, like, it's kind of weird. I talk about this all the time. Like, I'm doing hockey. Like, I pick hockey games every night. And I've actually done fairly well. I mean, there are days where I, I swing and miss, obviously. But um, – I've done fairly well all last year and then coming into this year as well. And I don't, I'd be the first one. I don't follow hockey. Hockey runs parallel to the NBA season. I'm a basketball guy. 
it's never going to win. You could give me the two worst teams playing in the NBA and the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I'm watching the two worst teams because that's my sport. It always has been since I was a kid. Um, but with college basketball, it's the same way. Like, I'm going to follow the money and fade it. And then ironically, if you talk to anybody that – I hate saying it this way, but bets professionally, they'll tell you college basketball is where you make your money because there's so many games, there's so many lines that Vegas – it's the one sport that Vegas will make mistakes. If you thought about it for college football, you essentially have one day where all the games are going right. off. And even then, you have an entire week to lead up to adjust the lines accordingly. The lines come out in college basketball sometimes the night before or the morning of, and if they make a mistake somewhere along the line, you'll see the, the sharps hammer it and the line move really quick, but they don't have enough time to catch all of it. So there, there's opportunities to make money. Most of the guys that live in Vegas that are professional gamblers make a ton of money on college basketball. That's really? where the advantages are. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's very yep. interesting. That's very interesting. Um, do you allow yourself to buy in? Like everybody looks and says, boy, what a talented roster Maryland has. And, you know, they, they, they got all those transfers and they got some pieces back. Like, do you allow yourself to buy in at all? Or do you say, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen this story before. I, I, I know how it ends. Yeah, the, the problem with, and again, I, I need to see Maryland's a team I do want to see. And, and I, I don't have a problem betting on them against them according to where the money's going right. and fading accordingly. But, um, the, the, the problem I have with them is that we've seen them have some kind of like weird games where they play down to the level of their opponent or they come out and, and their offense to me is my issue with them. Uh, you know, watching them from time to time where they seem like in years past, you'd be like, all right, let's, let's get the ball to grave and see what he's going to do. Or, Hey, get the ball to uh, yeah, the, whoever the point guard was. Yeah. yeah. No, no. But for, know, I mean, for years it was just insert point, mellow Tremble, Anthony Cowan, insert, insert point guards name. We know how the game is going to go. Whenever there's a possession in the second half, it's going to be the point guard. Is that going to happen with Ayala this year? Like, oh, get the ball in his hands, the clock's winding down. Because they, sometimes they run a version of that Kansas weave, but it's like, I don't know, it just looks sloppy to me at times, where let's hand the ball off and you're not really getting those the crisps coming off the screen as you're handing the ball off to where you have the choice to get it to the next guy or attack the basket if you get the right matchup. And we just don't see enough of it. And Maryland's a team – that I think likes to get their turnovers, get out in transition, and try to get the easy buckets. But when that's not happening, their half-court offense to me has always been a little wanting. But I am excited with the group they have. And we just had Turge on, and I think you interviewed him too, didn't you? Yeah, recently? we did. Yeah, we had him on last and, week. And yeah. like he's, he sounds really excited about the length they have, the versatility to go small, to go big, to press. To, I mean, there's all kinds of things they can do. And I do. I think Kirk Turge is a good coach. Um, I don't know. It's just every year I've watched them, I've always had questions about the offense. Well, and, and it always comes down to, are you going to be better in March than you are right now? Like, that to me, that's been the yep. one thing that's been missing. Like, I don't dis – like, a lot of people, like, hear me talk about Mark – I don't dislike Mark Turgeon in any way. I think he's a respectable man. I think he's a, a solid coach. I think it, he's, it certainly has not been an embarrassing program by any stretch of the imagination. It all comes down to one thing. Are you going to be better at the end of the year than you were at the beginning of the year? And they haven't. Yeah. They've just not been that – at any point during the Mark Turgeon era, and that's the issue. Like they, they, that's that's what you you're judged by in college basketball. It's the only thing that matters. Winning the the Cancun Challenge or all those things are irrelevant. You have to be the team that does things that matter when you get the March. That's it. That's everything else. You could be you know the the UConn team that was an eight seed in the NCAA tournament, or they a seven seed. What was that Kemba Walker team? What was or the, well, the Kevin? Well, I remember. One year they went out to Chaminade, and I was doing Terps pregame. Yeah. And at that point in time, Chaminade, I mean, everybody remembers the or talks about the Virginia game. Apparently everybody was at that game when the Chaminade knocked them off. But uh, 
the, the Chaminade team only had seven guys on the roster. I think they actually had to make a couple of the team managers and water. Sure, players. in order to get a – yeah, the, right. Like, I had no, I had to do pregame. I was like, how do I talk about a team that doesn't even have a full <laughs> roster on their website? It's, it's crazy. And I'm supposed to be impressed by a tournament win out there. Or something. Like, no, this, it, this is – like, they can stockpile wins and go beat the George Washingtons and the Hofstras of the world, and they can go do that, and we're all going to say, okay. Like that's the, March. exactly yeah. right. That's the way it's going to work. And you could say that's fair, unfair, whatever it is. That's the nature of college basketball. The nature of college basketball is these games matter internally. Like you need to use these to be getting better. Like you need to win them. You need to show that you're getting better. But there has to be an end result to all of it. And that's the thing that obviously has been missing. All right, let me, before I let you go, this is one that I wanted to get to with you, and I'll, I'll give it to Paul as well. I had somebody over the weekend, uh, a friend of, of ours, who said, I am really sad about the Aaron Rodgers thing. I truly loved Aaron Rodgers. It's a real bummer for me that I'm not going to be able to love Aaron Rodgers the way that I did before. And I was like, okay, I get that. What famous person's downfall hurt you the most? Who was someone that you were like a big fan of and you found yourself not being able to be such a big fan of or conflicted, whatever it was, who was the celebrity downfall that hurt you because of – obviously, we want to make it very clear if it's per- somebody that did something terrible, we're not saying it compares. I want to get that out of the way very quickly. But who – what famous person's downfall was the one that hurt you the most? So I can't go with Nordberg? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I would, yes, correct. I prefer – I prefer I'm, it. Man, that's hard for me because, I like, I – you know, come. It's weird now with social media because like everything's out there, and you can kind of see it. And like, I feel like the world's been twisted on people's political views. Um, you know, when when all of a sudden, like I was just reading, uh, like Jim Caviezel. So oh, that guy. Yeah, Jesus, that guy is he, literally gone Jesus. So far, he's QAnon. Like he just right. spoke at a thing. Like and right. even one of the um, uh, you know, one of the guys I've had on my show, uh, actor. That was, um, you know, Miguel on um, or Alvarez on Oz. And, you know, he's been all over the place. But it, uh, Kirk Acevedo, he was like, dude, we were in Band of Brothers together. What what happened to you? Right. In Red Line, right. movie they were in together. He's like, we used to play basketball, jog, and now you're telling me I'm a, you know, a member, like I'm an army of the devil or and, something. And it's clear. There are certain things. Like, we were talking about this earlier, Jeremy. Like, the, if I was a Green Bay Packers fan, and I'm, you know, it, you're, I know your buddy Scott Garceau is obviously a huge fan. Like, this, this as, as embarrassing as it was, wouldn't prevent me from being able to cheer for the guy next Sunday, right? Like, yeah. the guy lines up and plays quarterback. Like, that was embarrassing, but, like, okay, I'm still, he's still the quarterback of the football team, and he's a really good one. I'm going to cheer for him. This isn't like, um, you know, like, I, I could not when, – when Aubrey Huff did what he did, I wasn't capable of cheering for Aubrey Huff when he played yeah, for the Orioles douche. any longer. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> right, why, well, yeah, big time. So, like but, – but- Go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, I so I I get there's a line too. Like I understand there's a line. I, I'll admit openly, I've always been. I don't care how many documentaries they do. I'm always gonna struggle when it comes to Michael Jackson. Like, there's just yeah. you're not gonna be able to get me. I've I'll stop. I'll I would never, like you you wouldn't find me listening to R. Kelly. I've been able to do that whole bit. I can't do it with Michael Jackson. I can't do it. There's too much gray area. There's too much like, I don't know if he's really it was really a creep or he was just a weirdo. Like I don't know which one. And it, it can't be definitively proven to me one way or the other. So you're not going to get me to stop rocking out the Michael Jackson songs ever. That day will never occur. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you give me the remix of Ignition. I'm it's tough, bro. It's, it's really it tough, matter. man. Like, it's really tough. <laughs> no, but, you know, like to your point, I, I think things have upset me, but never 
push me over the edge. Like I've, I've told the story about how much I hate Eric Bedard, and if I could fight him tomorrow for charity, I'd, I'd fist fight that SOB. Uh, I, I hate his guts, but when he pitched for the Orioles, I rooted for him. Okay. Um, I think I was hurt by the I mean, hurt as a fan. Like you know, we were sitting there going, "Oh my God, Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz are doing steroids," and it's like, "Oh, yeah, Ryan Roberts did too." And yeah, uh, right, who uh, else? That, that's stuff. That's why I can't get worked up about the when everybody was rooting against the Astros. I couldn't do it. I'm like, dude, I know everybody else was stealing signs too. I just know they were. I know they were. You can't get me to be this mad about it. But I mean, I'm okay. I think if there were I'm one gonna, or two I'm gonna, in there, like I'm going to give you. I'll, let me let me give you one. Okay. I have not been able to. I've got a buddy who who has asked me multiple times if I would go to him to see Louis C.K. in recent years, Ooh. who I was a huge fan of, like love Louis C.K. And every time he's asked, I've just been like, dude, I can't do it. I can't. I can't be the guy that somebody says, did you go to a Louis C.K. show last night? Like, I can't be that guy any longer. Like, I've got to be the guy that said, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not spending money that's, that's supporting him. Like, that was, a, that was really awful. And it's well, not like it's not like I had Louis C.K. posters on my wall or something like that. But he was a dude that, like, other until then, if he was playing at McGooby's, I damn well would have been at McGooby's on a Friday night to see Louis C.K. Yeah. And, you know, the sad part is, like, I, I still think I'd go see him. Yeah, I, mean, you know, like, I, I can't. I, I can't do it. I, it's, it's too much. And I much. get it. The, the, the other one for me, which I still see as movies, and I, I mean, I brought up Caviezel, so I might as well bring up Mel Gibson. But, like, my favorite movie of all time is Braveheart. And – like I love a ton of Mel Gibson's movies, and we can go the the whole the whole lineage, like all of them. Uh, you can sit here and break them all down, and even like some of the newer ones that he's done. And he didn't get fully canceled, but when you hear that oh. the audio clips oh, he's, and some of the other stuff, he's an insane person. It's yeah, awful. Correct. It's awful. Correct. Um, but even then, like I still don't. I don't want to say I don't. Yeah, and, and I would. Like, I, don't, I would agree. Like I. I still, I will still watch The Usual Suspects, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'll still watch the work and separate them from the awful person, but I still, I won't stand by, like, I wouldn't come out to you today and try to say, like, you know, something personal about, you know, Kevin Spacey. I wouldn't be like, dude, no, you know, Kevin Spacey's still a great, like, I'm not going to fight that fight. Like, he's a piece of garbage. <laughs> That's what he is. Like, I'm not going to do that. Paul, do you have Absolutely. one? Uh, I, have a cu- I have a couple. <clears throat> Why does this happen every it's, show? It's very bad. You um, drink so much water. How does this? I, I, I don't know how this happens every thing. show. Louis C.K. is a really good one. Kevin Spacey. I had a friend, or a, a girlfriend at the time, who would um, serve the people from uh, House of Cards. And so she knew stories uh, about yeah, Kevin Spacey yeah, before all that stuff yeah, came out. Yeah, that's rough. So I was kind of eased into that one. I had to say, we talked about this a week or two ago. Lost Profits. I, oh, that band. Oh, my God, no doubt. I was I, all in I, on that. I used to love that band. Yeah. And then I tried to find their music a couple of years ago. I couldn't find it anywhere, and I looked it up, and the lead singer is 100% pure evil. Yes. He is 100%. Correct. I'm not going to say it on the air, but look it up if you want to. Eh. He is 100% Don't. pure Don't. evil. Don't look it up. It's one of the most disturbing stories in the history of humanity. Yeah, yeah now, now I have to look it up. Dude. Don't look up Blue Waffle or Tub Girl either. Don't yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. Dude. Actually, the, do it. The, I, I played when I was a DJ on HFS. I fell in love with the Lost Prophets. Like I, Last Train Home was a jam for me. Standing on the rooftops, everybody screaming your heart out. Like that was me and a girl that I was dating. Song was that. Like we were all in. Oh, it is bad. bad. Pure yeah, evil. Pure, now I now evil. I can't wait to get off this interview. Bad, bad. It's the first thing I'm gonna do. Uh, Lost what's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? So it, uh, it looks like we have the whole crew together for most of the week, finally. Um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to talk about the Ravens, and then obviously we'll, we have uh, – it's kind of one of those weird weeks where we have our Monday morning quarterback show this morning with Mike Preston. Oh, you got to do another one on Friday, Friday, right? <laughs> yeah, we get the double, so we get him back on Friday. We had, we had a blast this morning. 
going over stuff as we're arguing over report cards and whatnot. But the uh, same thing that we were kind of talking about, like, it's like who is good? Yep. Who do you trust? Yep. Who do you believe in? No doubt. And ultimately, I said at the end of the year, it just might come down to who has the most BS regular season wins and gets the home games. That that might be what ultimately decides it for everyone. At Jeremy Kahn1057 on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, every day, PressBoxOnline.com is where you go to see his picks to help you out with trying to win some money betting-wise. Jeremy, appreciate you, bud. We'll talk to you next Monday, all right? Thanks, man. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, the Big Bad Morning Show. Check in with us on GCR. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll come back in. Tidbit, tubular, wind down. A Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on PressBox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's brought to you by PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prices. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio.
All right, back in here on GCR. We are winding down for a Monday edition of the program. You heard Tyus Bowser in there. As we announced earlier, happy to have Window Depot Baltimore and Duffy's Garage in Baldwin on board as our new partners, the Tyus Bowser Show. Next Tuesday night, we will be at Mother's in Timonium with Tyus Bowser. Going to be a great night. Go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com in order to find out more about how they're uh, raising food for those who need it via Harvest of Hope, and you can help out with that. But um, really excited about uh, having Tyus back out after a huge game this week. Looking forward to next Tuesday night, the 16th, when we will be at Mother's with Tyus Bowser, WindowDepotBaltimore.com, and Duffy'sGarageMD.com to find about our, and more about our two new partners, Window Depot and Duffy's Garage. All right, uh, let's go ahead. Tidbit, what you got? All right, so Jeremy Kahn's a big basketball fan. So in honor of, in honor of Jeremy Kahn, I have a basketball tidbit Interesting. for you today. So last Wednesday um, marked the 25-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's first career NBA game. Okay. Bryant, according to ESPN Stats and Info, was held scoreless in that game, one of 11 such games in his rookie season. Yet despite that and the 7.6 points per game average, he was voted second team all-rookie. Kevin Durant, on the other hand, was voted Rookie of the Year his rookie season and obviously earned first-team All-Rookie honors. In his first NBA game, Durant scored 18 points. Not bad at all. Mm -hmm. But in his second game, he scored 27 points. That was the first of what's now 577 career 25-point games. The last of which, well, at the time when I wrote this, the last of which came when he scored 32 points and had 117-108 victory over the Hawks that Wednesday. That performance moved Durant into sole possession of ninth place on the all-time 25-point games list, surpassing Dominique Wilkins. Who are the eight men ahead of Kevin Durant on that list? All right, give me the number one more time. So the number yeah. of games with 25-plus points. 25-plus yep. points, and how many? There's eight men in front of him. Right. So Jordan... Michael Jordan, 769. He's fourth. I'll still assume Kobe is one of them. Kobe Bryant, right behind Michael Jordan, uh, 692. He is fifth. LeBron James. LeBron James is number one, 816. How about Dirk Nowitzki? Dirk Nowitzki is not on the list. That's a little surprising to me. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is not on the list. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett is not on the list. These are surprising things. Paul Pierce. Nope. You're See, thinking, I, gotta, you're I know, thinking very I'm thinking, recent. Well, because scoring went up so drastically in the NBA. I certainly get that it could very well be uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain, 632. He is sixth on the list behind Kobe Bryant. Um, it could certainly, it could definitely still be Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is actually 10th uh, on the list at 555. Mm, mm, just off the list. Just off the list. Carl Malone. Carl Malone is third on the list, 789. So I'm missing You're three? missing three guys. Uh, uh, the hint I'll give you is you're going to have uh, to go back a ways. I mean, all right. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is second on the list with 793. The way you said it makes me think you got to go back further than that. Um, how about Moses Malone? No. How about 
Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robertson, right behind Wilt Chamberlain. He's at 584. He is seventh on the list. So missing one. One guy. He is eighth on the list, and Durant could catch him probably this week if he plays, maybe by next week. And it's it's is it more modern or more? It's more back. It, you have to go back a bit. Got to go back a bit. How about uh, Jerry West? Jerry West is eighth oh, on nice. the list. Very nice. 581 games with 25-plus points. All right. Very good. You did a lot better than I expected you to I do. I mean, these are all very famous basketball players, yeah. for what it's worth. These are, like, the greatest basketball players. There's not somebody on this list that isn't a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know the, the, I, mean? I expected it's you to get It's far trickier them, when you've got to name guys that aren't, you know, like when you got to come up with random names, I can sit around all day and be like, I, Marquise Grissom, for example. Right. Like that's far more tricky than naming the best basketball players of all time. All right, uh, very good. Totally Tubular is brought to you by Window Nation. Final month for you to take advantage of their uh, best offer ever. Uh, two free windows every two you buy. and No payments for two full years. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular-wise. Uh, Monday Night Football, of course, tonight. No Mannings for some reason tonight. I don't get their schedule. I don't get that at all. But ESPN's got Bears-Steelers at 8.15. NBC Sports Washington, Sabres Capitals at 7 o'clock. NHL Network, Kings Maple Leafs at 7.30. NBA TV, Nets Bulls at 8. Hornets Lakers at 10.30. The USA Network for WWE, Monday Night Raw tonight at 8 as well. Some non-sports stuff this evening. Uh, on the CW All-American at 8. On Fox 911 at 8. Uh, NBC, the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. It's uh, featuring actor, comedian Michael Che and musical guest Ed Sheeran, who's making his rounds these days. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live on ABC featuring Gwyneth Paltrow, Cal Penn, and music musical guest Hardy. And then on CBS, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert featuring journalist Jonathan Carl, music, musical guest Brandy Carlisle. All right, very good. Thanks today to Jeremy Kahn. Thanks also to Sean Merriman as well as to Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the archives tab at glennclarkradio.com. I know tomorrow morning our buddy uh, Pete Medhurst is going to sit in for the first hour of the show. It's been too long since we've done that. Pete Medhurst, of course, the play-by-play voice at Navy, and you hear him on 980 in D.C. He's a friend of ours. And we try to do it once a month, but it's just been a long time, so we're going to bring Pete Medhurst on tomorrow and, uh, and let him pontificate with us for the first hour of the show. And uh, stuff and things tomorrow morning on the program as well. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealers, and ViaToyota.com, as well as our new partners for the Tyus Bowser Show, Window Depot Baltimore and Duffy's Garage. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday night. Um, go Bears, of course. Go Bears. Go Bears. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>